What's going on, everybody? It is Coach Greg Adams back in here with another YouTube live stream. Shout out to the Coach Gang for being in here, being involved, and being active on this YouTube channel. And welcome to the Wake Up Show, part of the Free AG Lifestyle Podcast here on the Free AG Lifestyle channel. This is the Bruce Wayne of this, the King of Content himself, the Speaker of Truth, yours truly, the Notorious CGA. That stands for Coach Greg Adams, if you guys didn't know. But um, I don't know if you guys knew, probably around middle of last year, I started this rebranding of my name. All right. This is people in the money mindset. People were hip to this. Uh, we'll talk about YouTube and all of that stuff and rebranding of the name. The name was Coach Greg Adams for a long time. Then it was Red Pill Coach Greg Adams. But going going forward, probably in last year, was been using the term CGA because people used it in general anyway. But as you can see, most of my logos, the newer logo says CGA. Um, because you know, Coach Greg Adams is kind of like a, a weird, it's a weird name for most people to hear it when they hear it. They're like, what is he the coach of? You know, type of stuff like that. And some people are turned off about it. Coach Greg Adams, what is this type of coach? So um, anyway, the notorious CGA it is. Uh, these are all things that we uh teach over here. We're we're here on the blue chip mindset series number 43 in the building. Blue chip mindset series number 43. And if my computer pops off, I'll pop back on within about three minutes or so. So hang tight. Uh, I got a lot of tabs open. This is going to be one of those shows, man. I, this is going to be where your central motivation is. This is the middle of the week to get you over hump day, to get you on to the rest of your week, and to make the best 24 hours you can for yourself. All right. You heard Beyonce once say, or a quote was attributed towards Beyonce, is we all have the same 24 hours as Beyonce. Right. And the idea was that at one particular point of Beyonce's career, hold on. So I could focus on my career. Okay. At one point in her career, she was on everything. All right. She was on everything. She was at the Super Bowl. She was on every award show performing. She was in your cereal box. Okay. She was on commercials. She was everywhere. She was doing music videos. And there was a quote attributed to her or people once said, hey, we all had the same 24 hours as Beyonce. Now, the normies, the normies and the ham and eggers and the oxygen thieves and the excuse makers of the world said, well, you don't have the same 24 hours. They were like, but this is reprehensible. She's rich. She's wealthy. All right. We don't have the same orphan. She has makeup artists. She has all of these people, hair designers and all of these people. And she has people that can cook for her. She has a billionaire husband. We don't have the same 24 hours. You know, all of these people right here. Okay. They started making complaints. They were like, well, she's rich and she can afford this and that. Well, she wasn't rich at one point. <laughs> okay. Everybody knows the story of Beyonce. Whether you like her music or not, she's a grinder. She's a grinder and she has a plan and she will not let you bump her off her plan. All right. She really has a, had an ambitious plan from the beginning. Um, and she's one of a quite interesting person to study. And I like to study people, whether they're men or women. I like to study people. And obviously her her father had a great impact on pushing her, but she was receptive to her father's message and she pushed, pushed, pushed. All right. And, and other people pushed insides to her esophagus, too. But but with that being said, all right, we're going to talk about this 24 hour rule. Okay, this 24 hour rule. And then people will also want to know she did bow down to a billionaire husband eventually. So she did take her subservient role, uh, her rightly subservient role to the king. The king himself would be representative of, of Jay-Z, the billionaire husband. But that's neither here nor there. She doesn't teach that to her following because she needs her following to stay within the, the order. Speaking of order. New, 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 new world order. Okay, we're going to talk about these things, man. The compound 24-hour rule. You hear, you saw right there, PhD, poor, hungry, and driven. How the next 24 hours will change your life. Okay, why would the next 24 hours change your life? Well, first of all, you're going to listen to the Blue, Sit, Blue Chip Mindset series, and it's going to set you on the path of recorrecting your life so you can compound the best 24 hours of your life together consistently, consecutively, 
to make the best life you can. You're listening to a guy. Yeah, I earned a million dollars in my life. Yes, yes, yes. But I'm not a millionaire, but I'm a millionaire in my mind. And I might might just be a millionaire in net worth. You just don't know. I know you're looking up on the internet. How much is Greg Adams worth? All right, nothing. I'm broke. But for this series, I'm a millionaire. Okay, but I'm the one that's going to spend two and a half, three hours with you, motivating you, giving you inspiration, giving you something that can help you. No millionaire is going to do that. And if it, if you're waiting for millionaires to do that, they, they might do that for about three minute clips. Or you might find a three minute clip of a guy telling you. Now, for me, I'm a guy 10 years ago living in my car, 10 years ago, giving to this point, living in my car. Not only that, not only that, I had a pretty good career going prior to that. Obviously, family broke down economics changed i changed direction and career path speaking of career so i could focus on my career all, right, all within a six month maybe a three month period everything kind of collapsed and changed forcing me to make a change in direction all right and uh not a lot of people were willing to do that i saw a change i saw a need and i actually had to re-correct and repurpose my life for another direction okay now four years ago i started doing youtube like this consistently and this is where i am so we're going to talk about that um and that mindset that mindset. So this is why I'm here for you here. Okay. Nobody that makes more money than me, more money than me is going to spend this much time with you today. Nobody, nobody. So if you're thinking I'm not the right person for this message. Okay. If you're thinking there's a better person to learn from, that's going to sit here and give you this sort of inspiration for a two and a half hour period. All right. You're mistaken. All right. There's nobody that's there. Nobody's going to commit that time. Why? Because they're making money. <laughs> they're making more money. So. Just understand that, okay? And at some particular point in the next three or four years, I won't be spending this time for with you, all right? I won't do it either. It won't even be time effective for me to do it, all right? And it's not even in my future plans to be doing this particular thing for the next three years. I'm gonna be charging you what they're charging you today, all right? Think of what Gary Vee's charging you. Think of what Grant Cardone's charging you. Think about what all of these people, uh, think of anybody, pick anybody out that makes slightly more than me. They will be charging you $10,000 for this segment, all right, just to sit here and listen to a 30-minute speech, all right, this is what I'm telling you right now, just telling, letting you guys know, all right, so let's tell you about this, let's tell you about this, this is the, uh, this is, this, this is the blue chip mindset, and people want to know where the blue chip mindset comes from, and I do have to review this because there are some new people watching me, do me a favor, hit the like button in the building, hit the like button in the building, all right, like me, like it, like it, like it, the all Ivies, 15 top uh, U.S. college with blue chip reputations. All right. It's kind of like an extension of the blue blood, blue chip rep reputations. I actually learned of the phrase blue chip from a family member that worked in human resources who worked in recruiting that probably their, their job was recruiting and they wanted to recruit the blue chip employees, kids that came from Duke, UCLA, obviously the Ivy leagues. And when they said they recruited these people, these kids with degrees, as they call them kids, these young adults with degrees, would come out and um, they would negotiate salaries with these people. Now, I, I don't know if you guys know. All right. I don't know if you guys know. Many of you people, many of you people, you normies that are watching me today, when you go to a job in an interview, you just basically, thank you, thank you very much. You don't even ask about money. You don't even ask about money. You don't even ask about money up front. I'll take what you give me. How much do you pay? How much do you want to make? Whatever you're giving. But they said when blue chippers come out, when they come out from Duke University, when they come out from the top elite, elite, elite schools in the world, they don't even show up for the interview unless they know they're like, hey, look, I ain't taking less than 120K. 
they're coming out of college with these degrees. Is it if it's less than 120k, we not even talking. <laughs> now, this family person, this family member that's worked in human resources and recruiting, they used to tell me this. And I used to be sitting there like, damn, I wasn't even in that position. I was just like, what is the job? Okay, it's, what does it pay? $35,000. I'll take it. <laughs> All right, I'll take it. You don't even ask. You actually feel uncomfortable asking because you don't want to feel like, oh, you're negotiating peanuts. And many times the employer say it's $35,000. do not even do not even negotiate. Right? And you'll be like, okay. And this is why women typically make less money and there's a pay gap per se is because women typically don't negotiate. Now, let me tell you something. These women that are blue chippers, they're negotiating. All right. So many of the women that they, this, this uh, family member used to say, man, these women coming out here asking for X, Y, and Z. But because you don't have a blue chip reputation, because you don't have any expectations, just because you're desperate financially, you'll take anything. Okay. You'll take anything. And so this is the mindset of the blue chip uh, mindset here. If you look at some of these recruiting firms, they actually right here, these hiring HR recruiting firms, blue chip endeavors, blue chip partners, blue chip works. So blue chip is very much in the lexicon of the American culture right here. Blue chip stocks. Okay. I'll do this as a reminder. If you're just sitting here and you've heard this before, I'm just doing this for the new people. Uh, when we talk about blue chip mindset, blue chip starts stocks, are the typically large, well-established, financially sound companies that have operated for many years and that have dependable earnings, blah, blah, blah. Okay, when you talk about football recruits, we talk about the blue chip recruits. There's a movie called Blue Chips with Shaquille O'Neal. When you talk about gambling and poker, the blue chip represented that for a long time the highest value. So it's a high-value mindset. All right, we're going to get to Griffey, Long Beach Griffey in a minute. But with that being said, contribute to today's show. This is the blue chip mindset. All right, this is very much, I listen, I got a lot planned for this show today. Okay, I got a lot planned. But um, a lot of people need to hear this source of inspiration because you might feel you're in a certain position in life and you were handed that position. And we talk about that with the baby boomers. Sometimes you might think of that you're handed a disadvantage because of your race or your class or you were raised in the country or you were raised by rednecks or whatever excuse that you want to make it because you're a woman, all right, or because you're a man. I mean, there's a whole bunch of things that we can lean on to say why we're not in a position. But the reality is we're going to take the reins. We're going to take the bull by the horns and put the accountability in our lap. We're going to figure out that we're going to change our mindset, and that's going to determine the next 10 years of our life. That's going to be the path. That's going to be the path. All right, we're worried about sometimes – um uh, relationships and alpha and beta, but the mindset is going to be blue chip. The mindset should be blue chip. And it doesn't matter who you are. doesn't matter what gender you are, what race you are, what class you are. Now you can certainly change it. You can certainly change it, but we're going to tell you what principles they are. But anyway, to, to contribute to today's show anyway. Okay. To, to contribute to today's show, uh, dollar sign C G a live on the cash app. Appreciate y'all. As I, as I miss again my opportunity to type in the PayPal, all right, PayPal, and I was sitting here too, ready to go, and I I still missed out an opportunity. Uh, PayPal.me backslash Coach Greg Adams is going to be that right there. I'll pin it to the top of the live chat on the Free Agent Lifestyle channel. We're also simulcasting on the Notorious CGA channel. Okay, that's your ability to super chat. We're going to super chat over there if you want to super chat directly. You could go over to the Notorious CGA channel by clicking Free Agent Lifestyle channel. Then you'll see it right there. All right. I could put a link in the description box, but um, 
that would be easier. I don't know what's easier for you. <laughs> PayPal tripping again. Yes, they are. They are. And then Venmo, Coach Greg Adams TV over on Venmo. Uh, if you want to leave a very long uh, message, probably pay uh, Super Chat or PayPal. Sometimes Venmo is the place to be, do it. Okay. Now that we got that off the table. Yeah, the PayPal scramble puzzle. I hate that. I hate that with PayPal. But uh, every time if I, you know, I have it up and then it logs out and then it logs back in and I got to do the whole scramble. What are the topics for today? Uh, we got some great topics today uh, for, and this is all for the motivation. This is for the motivated mindset people. Okay, we will talk about women in relationships because that's important to you. That's important in this whole context. So we talk about money, energy, attention, and time. That's your meat. Some people think with the meat between their legs, but I want you to think with the meat in your in your mindset, money, energy, attention, and time. Now, that one young lady said that her mindset, her meat was this. Let me go ahead and show you what her meat was, which is you probably gotta, you guys gonna know it when you hear it. Let's go ahead and roll her. Here's the thing, you know, if you're broke, just say that. Don't be mad at me for charging people for my time, materials, and efforts. God. Now, for her, it was time, materials, and effort. All right? Times, materials, and effort. So a woman always thinking with her time, materials, and effort. But as a man, you're thinking with your money, energy, attention, and time. See, her time, material, and efforts, it matters to her. And she wants to put a charge on that. She's like, my time, materials, and effort. So it's almost time. Um, and for her, that that's what matters. And I listen, I can't be mad at her. I'm not mad at her at all. A lot of people are like, oh, man, these two. I'm like, look, if she has a value on her time, materials, and effort, have at it. That's actually fantastic because I have the same value on my money, energy, attention, and time. So we're going to have to figure out and negotiate what our time, material, your time, material, efforts are in my money, energy, attention, and time. All right, and we can come to some agreement and have a meeting of the minds, as we call it. Anytime you're talking to women, always use those phrases, right? Meeting of the minds. Let's have a meeting of the minds. All right, that means we're on business. This is a business arrangement. We're going to have a meeting of the minds. Let's get together tonight and have a meeting of the minds so that you feel that this decision is in your best interest that I'm not manipulating or taking advantage of you. I don't believe in manipulation for purposes of gain, gaining sex because eventually it comes back on you. All right, let me get to the other contributors to today's show. Shout out to Demetrius Thomas. A shout out to Demetrius. Speaking of people that are after me, it's Demetrius's. I mean, I've dissed Demetrius's left and right. <laughs> okay, shout out to you. He says, oh, somebody says, so coach is saying uh, she will be paying him if they meet up. Yeah, I mean, listen. You're going to be paying me something. I want to know what I'm getting just to show up. Again, like the blue chip mindset of the people that shows up the job interviews. If your job ain't 120K a year, I ain't showing up for the interview. Go, go, to, your, go to your executive and go get some more money, <laughs> right? I don't know if you know. People negotiate like this for jobs. I don't know if you know. So a lot of women will say, don't waste my time. I don't want to come out for a date. I don't think it's going anywhere. Okay, yeah. That's good negotiation on her part. She doesn't want to get her use her time, materials, and effort just to show up and get nothing. I get it. Same thing with me, though. I'm not showing up unless I know what I'm getting in advance. Okay. We're going to have a meeting of the minds when we show up. That means we're going to be negotiating. We'll have fun. We'll have a conversation. We'll enjoy the ambiance. And at the end, after when the check comes, let's have a meeting of the minds. All right. Let's determine what we have on the table here. <laughs> You're not the table. I'm probably more the table than you. 
more than likely. So let's have a meeting of the minds. You have a need. I have a need. Let's meet in the middle. And we're going to meet in the middle, too, at some particular point, whether it's for free or a fee. All right. Anyway, shout out to Demetrius Thomas. I should get you. He says, uh, morning, coach. Give Apple iOS an L. Let me give him an L right off the bat. He says, um, they just added a bonnet wearing emoji. For all the straggle daggles, man, KS is rolling over in his grave. Oh, my goodness. So they have an emoji now with a bonnet. Jeez. It's, dude, I'm telling you, uh, the community mindset, it's a mindset. It's not a culture. It's not a race. The community mindset, they're gone. All right. I, I, I suggest to you, if you're smarter than the average bear, to get the hell out of there. I know people hate me for that. Y'all want to rise up to the top. We're going to get together and rise up to the top as a people. Mm. <laughs> We're not. You know, they used to have a debate between Booker T. Washington and W.D.E.B. Dubois. And W.E.B. Dubois was, he, he was sponsored by the new, 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 new world order. I mean, I don't know if you know that if you go back and look back at the people who supported his message, but his message was very clear. We're going to take the talented 10th. We're going to take the talented 10th and focus on them. Go back and look at it. Go back and look at what he was saying. And then Booker T. Washington, on the other side, was like, nah, we're going to, we're going to be self-sufficient, meaning we're going to work with our hands. We're going to do whatever. We, we, we're going to stay in this class, and then this is going to – the better people are going to – right. <laughs> it's, it's kind of crazy. So um, go back and listen to these messages. You're going to see that these conversations are happening today, right now. And you have a group of mindset people that are going – and we'll shave off the bottom. <laughs> we need a class system here. Shave all these people off, whether you like it or not. Anyway, go back and look at this. There's no – listen, there's no nothing has changed. Rodrigo De Silver, De Silver, De Silver, RDS. He says, uh, what's up, coach? The legend, coffee support. After a long time, I'm listening very carefully to this one. This one will be as important as fuck. He says, I need to become efficient in 24-hour planning rule. The 24-hour planning rule. Your 24 hours, your next 24 hours are going to matter. What you're going to do with this information today? Are you going to carry it forward? All right, Monkey D says Long Beach Griffey. I love him. That man, funny as F. Shout out to him. Shout out to Long Beach Griffey. I'm going to use your video, and I'm going to fair use it because I think people need to see it because there's a message behind it. Uh, appreciate that. Let's get over to Venmo. We got a couple people over there attacking the Venmo. Uh, let's see here. Let me go back down to the bottom. Andrew, uh, Andrew M says, Coach, regarding the fresh and fit situation, with the girl who lied, they profited off of her lies. Uh, with that live stream revenue while keeping receipts. So I did say they're going to do the eight hours and review it. Yes, they did profit off of that. For them, they can play that game because it's good content that everyone eats off of and a uh, lesson for men in general. Uh, it That works for them because their situation is more like, you know, it's the modern day Jerry Springer, if you will. So that's what they're playing. And they benefited from it with the claim and monetized it, right? And that's their their lane, and this is no diss to them. I love those brothers. But um, that's their lane. That's what they're going to do, and they benefited off it. But would you benefit off of it the same? No. Would, would, uh, would a move like Jagger guy benefit the same? No. Because he's not, he's not Jerry Springer. They're clean-cut guys. And most of you are clean-cut guys. Most of y'all ain't thugging out here. Most of you guys aren't, aren't gangsters where you would um, could throw up the middle finger. 
You know, not even I could withstand multiple allegations because I'm not Jerry Springer. Well, what they are. And so they can capitalize off of it. I probably would not be able to capitalize as much. Although I would just run it and say, yeah, I was at the junior college. Like some straggle could come up and be like, he paid me X, Y, and Z. And I'd be like, yeah, <laughs> right. So it actually would fit in what I did. And that's how I can turn it. The only way I can see it. So anyway, Brian, uh, let me see. Albert Ingram says, uh, listening to this message while I'm on a road trip right now, appreciate what you do for us men and much respect. That's actually a good point. All right. I have a lot of people that want to do business with me related to my content and um, my audience. And uh, I always kind of have to tell them the audience that I'm in and Kevin Samuels, you know, I've been referencing him lately a lot because people think I have animosity towards him and I don't. But what he even recognized is that a message to men can be difficult because it could seem like I'm putting you down. It could seem like I'm making you feel bad in a world that makes you feel bad enough already. And, you know, I'm just trying to motivate you. And it's difficult in this lane because here's this, the real men don't support men. There's no money in supporting men. I mean, we don't consume that way. A lot of the information we want, we think as men, we should just be able to help each other along the way. And that's just not the case. This is capitalism. The cream rises to the top when it comes to this mindset of um, of supporting men just generally don't support men in the way in comparison to what women do when they support women. As a matter of fact, Kevin Samuels recognized that women will support you even when you put them down if the message is the if the message is directed towards them right as long as the message is directed towards them they'll support some women will support to say yes i agree some women will support just by viewing and driving up the 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 algorithm and they'll support you and find a way to monetize you on the back end so when it comes to men supporting men it just isn't there but i appreciate all the people who support me but what i'm saying is there's not a long term plan where some man is going to become a millionaire in motivating men. All right. It's not going to happen. It's not, it's just not going to happen, but we do get a lot. We, I appreciate the support of the men who support me. Okay. But what Kevin realized was, Whoa, there's way more over here when the message is directed towards it. It's a real thing, man. It is a real thing because I mean, watch this. I want you to watch this. There's 12, thousand people watching me on the free agent lifestyle channel um i would venture to say and there's people gonna say there's some examples of this yes there's examples but there's few examples when we talk about women there's multitude of examples because they're consumers they're spenders okay but watch this i will tell men primarily 90 percent of my audience today are men and i will say hey guys can you hit the like button for me can you hit the like button what the like button does is drive more people to this message. It gets more eyes on here. Everybody knows that. Every content creator has explained that. But there will still be guys that say, F you, coach. I ain't like it. No. <laughs> right? They'd be like, I don't give a damn what you ask me. I won't even hit the like button, bro. I will refuse. I don't care what. I could be sitting here watching you. And I will not hit the damn like button. That that is how that is how big the disparity is between men who support men and women who support women. Just think of the red pill space in general. 
the red pill space in general is men have been pushing this message forever, mostly masculine alpha type men. Their growth has been slower in compared to the effeminate men and the women in this space. The the more let the less masculine the man saying the same message, and the more women saying the same message, they get leaps and bounds more support from the same men watching me right now. Mm. And I'm not using this as a time to complain. However, the proof is in the pudding. <laughs> the proof is in the pudding. You look at it. Look at the men who are less manly, less less aggressive, and Oh, goofy. They're getting mounds of support, mounds of subscribers, mounds of likes. He said that's YouTube doing that. But then you watch their live stream, they're getting $100 super chats, 200, 500. And you're I'm sitting there going, "Damn." <laughs> it, it's what it is. It, the most moist, less masculine uh men in general that seem more purple pillish, but it's just what it is, guys. Those the, the YouTube definitely does push them more. YouTube push those those people more. If I'm up here talking about junior college and clapping cheeks and whatnot, it's still not even against YouTube guidelines. They're just going to keep me squashed. And less people are supporting, less opportunities for support. So it is what it is. So I would say hit the like button. Hit the like button just to keep it fair. And uh, we'll continue the message. I'll continue the only way I deliver it. Shout out to Brian Horsley. No, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, Brian Horsley says, I just saw your IG story that Charles Barkley golf swing needs a lot of work. Mm. It's not as bad as Charles Barkley. <laughs> All right, it's not as bad as Charles Barkley, no. All right, my friend's overcharged me. He says, I thought you were going to drop your usual crossover of what the blue chip is, but you came down and did a step back fade away with the salary reference. That topic is sensitive. Mm. People don't know, man. Um, people don't know. I've heard some stories that in the hiring process, and it's mostly like white women, <laughs> white women be coming in there with their degrees from these Georgetown universities. They come in from Georgetown. They come in with their degree. They be like, I ain't going to do this. I ain't going to do that. And I used to ask the person, I was like, okay, so when they get the job and they take the job, how do they act? And they was like, they come in, they cause havoc. Because they came in, negotiated top dog, and they come in, walk in the door, top dog. And they create dissension, division, what it is. But the problem is the, the problem is they are getting their bag. They're getting their bag. So uh, it's, it's a mindset. And he says, uh, it's a topic that needs to be covered. Grads that aren't blue chip can't move like a blue chip in, the, in salary negotiations out. He says, out the grind, or out the gate, sorry, because you put great gate and grind. And he says, grind for a few years, then negotiate once you have leverage and connections. That's if you want to go to the yob route. Entrepreneurship, I've got nothing. Yeah, you want to go yob. If you're not coming in blue chip and you got, and I'm not dissing people, but University of Phoenix, Cal State Fullerton, they're not going to treat you the same as these people that have all of these top-level Alt-IV degrees. Now, education is not for everyone, but leveraging options is for everyone. So if you don't have leveraging options in this world, even in relationships and job, you're going to get treated as such. I'm sorry. So you're setting your path initially from the beginning. This is the importance of giving your kids great opportunities. That's a blue chip mindset. 
Okay, that's a blue chip mindset. If you're wondering why you are where you are today, look no further than your parents. Go see where your parents are. Odds are, if your parents are in a struggle mindset situation, you will be too. Then look no farther than your friends. Look at your friendship circle. Oh, they're struggling too? I mean, it just adds up. It adds up, and I'm sorry people don't want to know this. I mean, you know, you got your homeboys, and you want to be street loyal and all that stuff. There was a great video I want to share for with you, but I, I could not find it. Okay. But you don't need a, a bunch of people in terms of friendships to make it in this world. I've been against that for a long time. Okay. I've been against that mindset for a long time. You need, and the video was a guy saying, you need three MFers. I'm going to say, you need three mother suckers out there. You need three dudes. So, nope, we don't need 10 dudes in the posse. If you need 10 dudes in your posse, that means you're in a bad neighborhood. You need to hire security. All right, hire security and then get three bad dudes, three mother suckers. He said the F word and ride with those three. Maybe it's just two of you and another one. Get three dudes. That's all you need. You don't need to be partying. You don't need a big posse. You don't need to roll deep. You don't need all that. There's not that many people that have the mindset that, that needs to get you to the top. Just three. And that might be too much. I, I need only two dudes. I'm a beast by myself. I'm drugs alone. People say, coach, do you do drugs? I don't do drugs. I am drugs. You know what I mean? I, people get addicted to me. I, ain't the, I don't need to get addicted to nothing. <laughs> I don't do drugs. I am drugs by myself. Does drugs do drugs? No. Nope. <laughs> drugs don't do drugs. Anyway. <laughs> oh, man. We having fun today. Where are we at here? Dr. Thunder, appreciate y'all for being here. Uh, what did he say? Check this out. He said, check this out. I'll check it out. All right, shout out. Is it a video? Shout out to... It's it's uh Malaki. He says I'm a player and a Mac. Give me the buzzer. Mm. He said I'm a player and a Mac. Shout out to you, hey man. Uh, Teddy P says your message your message is more applicable than a Sunday sermon. Yeah. Oh, thank you. And that's a co sponsorship. Thank you, sir. Be giving this 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 is the message. I know people are like hurry up get to the point. This is the point. <laughs> what are you talking about? Get to the show. We are in the show. Take notes. Are y'all taking notes? Just like the ladies that want to be in a relationship with me, sit down and take notes. Uh, where are we at? Kirby. Kirby says CGA, the GOAT. Appreciate that, man. I appreciate the support for real. I'm not dissing the people who support me, and I'm, I'm not complaining, man. I'm not complaining. Believe me, I'm not. Shout out to XL Pro Services in the building. Thank you, man. Uh, OG1 says PSA to black men, less Jordans, more running shoes. Woo! You, they not ready for that. <laughs> they not ready for that. I've never understood the true obsessions of Jordans, but when I think about art, I just appreciate it like art. I'm like, okay, these people like the art of it. It's not necessary in the culture, right? But I'm like, damn, they kind of look the same to me. <laughs> like, how many more same shoes to get I get? Well, people could say that about Gators too, right? All right, shout out to Tierra in the building. Hello. Wait a minute. Thanks. Friendly troll in the building. Hello. Hmm. Hey, now you know. Inhale, exhale with my flow. Break away. Come again. Like this. The elbow to the C. Two times. Don't miss. Pindar's in the building. He says to bankrupt the fool. Give him information. Oh, 
All right, I've, I've been telling you about this. I've worked in the fitness industry for, you know, if you count my working in college sports for over 10, 20, 30 years, right? Um, when I worked selling fitness, the worst people were the worst, the, the worst people, the people who used my information the least was the people I gave it to for a discount or for free. When I gave it to you for free or a steep discount, those were the worst clients. They never applied it. They never applied it. They never did anything with it. They treated it with the value that I gave that I gave it to them. Okay, I gave them the value of something valueless, and they treated it as such. When you raise your value, when you charge a high fee, people will treat it as such. They will treat it with a level of uh, respect. But that's just what it is. Hey, can you give me a free nutrition plan? Can you give me a free session? Can you give me a discount on the session? Those were the worst clients. The absolute worst. They always treated me the worst. They complained the most. And they were the least consistent. So never be afraid to when you get to a certain point, raise your prices. And the reason why you're raising your prices is because you're showing value. Yes, less people are going to be attracted to it. However, you're targeting in on a certain class of people that can appreciate the, what you're giving them. This is why I didn't start fitness training in Torrance, California. Shout out to Torrance. I started it in Newport Beach where people could afford it, where it was exclusive only to them. And it targeted a certain clientele. And I was like, I'm going to target them because I had the value, right? I thought I had the value and I got it. If I went around and tried to do $25 training sessions, I would have exhausted myself. I would have been exhausted by the jerks. All right, Jay Flo in the building says uh, it's the 21st and that rent is almost due. Your rent's due, motherfucker. Damn, this came up fast. It seemed like I just paid rent. All right, Andre Gill says for the Blue Chip Mindset CGA, we were, we're going to get into that. Thank you, man. All right, we got too many people contributing to this message today. So what I'm going to do, we got PayPal and, and Super Chats. People are sponsoring the show. I got to kick this one off. All right, kick this one off with this mindset right here. Okay, uh, what is number one? What, what, what is story number one? I got to get my banners. Remember, we're here for three hours. I'll try to get three hours out of this one. Um, Let's see here. Oh, I didn't even put my banners up right. Oh, man, what kind of preparation is this, coach? What is this? All right, so I got to do a little bit something here. I got to do a little background work. All right, my computer's going to be like, what the hell are you doing, son? All right, so topic number one is get your priorities straight. Get your priorities straight. Remember, that was the one thing that uh, that was the one thing that set my life on order when I was like in 10th grade. Senior working with me told me I didn't have my priorities straight. Pissed me the hell off okay? because I was just trying to have fun in life. But let's just say this. Many of your setbacks will be because you don't have your paperwork in order. I want you to look at your paperwork right now. What's your paperwork? It's your freedom papers, your driver's license, your tags on your car, your car insurance, your insurance for your homeowner's insurance or your renter's insurance. Okay. What about those paperwork? Your warranties for your tires that you just put on, your bills, your priorities for the obligations for your discretionary income. Okay, your disposable income versus discretionary income. Do you have that set? Are you, is your paperwork in order? Is your paperwork in order? What about your financial paperwork? Do you have your life insurance? Is it findable just in case you croak in the middle of stroking a good junior college piece of peace league? All right, you croak. Can your kids and your family find your life insurance paperwork? See, your paperwork, he says, got your paperwork, Django. Yes, your passport, your passaporte. 
people are like, brothers got to get passports. I find it despicable, but it's sad. Brothers don't have passports. All right, brothers like, well, how do you get one? I mean, some things to me, I'm like, really? But listen, everybody's got to learn. Passport costs 160 bucks. And there is a procession, there is a procedure to get it. But most people don't even have their paperwork in order to get to the damn passport. I've been in passport lines before buying passports because I had to get one for myself and then I had to get one for my kids. It's a process. You got to get your birth certificate. Your paperwork's not in order. You got to find your birth certificate. That's a setback for a lot of people. <laughs> it's 250. It was 160 when I bought it. Hey, look, getting your paperwork, getting your birth certificate is a problem for many people. And it's absolutely crazy. You don't have your birth certificate, your social security number, nothing. You don't have an extra copy of your social security card, nothing. Because your paperwork's not in order. And the reason why I'm bringing this up is because most of your major setbacks will be because your paperwork's not in order. And that is not even a lie. That is not a lie. Most of your major setbacks, you're going to get pulled up. Like, like, look, those guys that get shot by the police and they'll be like, he was black and this white officer shot him. Go back to what got him pulled over. He had a busted tail light. The driver's license, driver's tags bad. No car insurance. <laughs> okay, you had like three or four lack of paperwork and order issues that got your ass pulled over. Now, I'm not justifying why they got shot. They didn't deserve to get shot. But most of it initiated, started with, the setback started with bad paperwork. Too many driving tickets didn't pay off the driving tickets, right? Too many traffic violations. Remember that one dude, he had like 1511 traffic violations. And everybody was like, well, still. And I was like, his paperwork's not in order. Your paperwork not being in order is going to escalate into potentially something that could create a major setback in your life, period. He said, that ain't no reason to be murdered. Did I say it was a reason? Let's go back and I want you to listen. I want you to clean the wax out of your ears. This is an inspiration message. This is not a damn victimhood message. Get your paperwork in order. Mm. Period. Period. Get your paperwork in order. See, that's your problem. That's your problem. That's a you problem. Listen up and clean the wax out of your ears. I'm tired of you ninjas today. Do not start with me. It started because somebody didn't have their priorities straight. I bet you he had weed on him. I bet you he had time to party. I bet you he was out here getting some sex. I bet you he was out here claiming he was a player in the Mac. See, you guys want to be players in Mac and don't have your paperwork in order, period. See, now you didn't turn me now. You didn't turn me. You didn't piss me off with that. See, because I'm tired of you guys. This is why you then say this is a hardcore message and you're yelling at me. You're yelling at me. You're putting me down. Get your paperwork in order. I guarantee you it will stop all the major setbacks in your life. Okay? Period. I bet you you won't get pulled over. <laughs>
I bet you you won't get pulled over when your taillight is probably replaced. All right, I got my taillight out. Some of you guys rolling with no headlight right now. You guys got one headlight on and one headlight off. Okay. You guys got one headlight on and one light headlight off. And here's the problem. <laughs> he said, come on, coach, that takes effort. Here's the problem. This is a $30, $40 solution. And you tell me I can't afford it. And I say, you don't have your priority straight. Listen, I've been there. I've been there. Okay. I've been there. Now, you're going, well, I got to get, we're here. I got to go, go get some ass, but your taillights out. Your tags are expired. You don't even, I saw a dude driving from Los Angeles to Las Vegas. He obviously was going there. They didn't have no tag on the car. Not one tag. I was like, you getting pulled over for show. You definitely getting pulled over. <laughs> you definitely get pulled over. These same guys will tell me they got women buying them stuff. How about they buy you a new car registration? Instead of a new pair of Jordans. How about you find whatever fat woman you got paying and paying your stuff? Why don't they update your car tags? Because if your car tags are expired, I can guarantee you, you ain't got no oil change in a minute and your engine's going to burn out. And then you're going to be mad talking about my engine burns out. It takes $2,500 to replace the engine. Well, you could have solved that if you had your priorities in order by getting oil changes when you need them. Okay, you can get oil changes. But what happens is you guys let this fall. Remember, remember this. Check this out. I tell you there's the cost of something. There's the cost of maintenance, the cost of repair, repair, and cost to replace. What you guys will do is the cost of ownership and jump right to repair. And don't do anything for maintenance. I can't afford the maintenance. Well, if you can't afford maintenance, you definitely can't afford repair. And if you can't afford repair, you definitely can't afford replace. But you're going to have to repair or replace it at some particular point. Why don't you go to the maintenance? Maintaining your life is getting your paperwork in order. Simply, let's go back and look today. Remember, I said the next 24 hours of your life is going to change the direction of your life. Everybody go to their file cabinet. Oh, you don't have that either? See, these are the problems. You don't have your priority straight. These, these conversations about macking and player and alpha and beta are useless to you men because most of these men don't have that priority straight. And then when I tell you to get your priority straight, y'all start crying. Well, <laughs> it's because I'm black. See, when I was telling you to go get some panties, when we was telling you to go to the junior college, you didn't say it's because you was black or because you was Mexican or because of this and institutional this and reparations that. You wasn't saying that then. You were saying you was a player in a Mac. But now when I say get your file cabinet, and get some file folders and get some labels and put your life insurance, your renter's insurance, your homeowner's insurance, your car tags, your registration, you start crying. <laughs> when I tell you to get tail lights and headlights, $30 at Pet Boys. You can install it yourself. You start crying. <laughs> I'm a coach, man. I'm a coach. See, I'm tired, man. I listen. I this is how I used to. Uh, you know, this is why. This is why I got out of the coaching profession because I got tired of players crying. 
They didn't want to do the work, the simple work, the simple stuff. All right, what's the next point in this one? What's the next point in this one? Make sure you have the essentials. Okay, uh, we can get video games and all that stuff, but we got to make sure we have the essentials. Again, it's kind of like the head, like tail, like thing. That's an essential. I can't go very long without that. Maybe a couple of trips, car trips. Now I got I, I to gotta fix that. Make sure you have the essentials to survive. Okay, then when you get those things, you can escalate to the next level. But getting your priority straight is part of getting the essentials first. Then be able to get the next stuff next. Can't jump from the next stuff and then forget the essentials. Take life seriously. Take your life seriously. I know we want to have fun. But I don't know if you know, most people didn't have zero fun. Most people had zero fun, I should say. Prior to probably World War II. Most people didn't were sitting around like, damn, man, we need to have fun. You know what I mean? The flappers had some fun. I don't think people were just waking up. Where's all the fun? Most people were trying to survive. Most people died very early. But we have these elongated lives, and we're trying to have all the fun up front. And then later on, then we blame everybody else's uh, when, when the consequences hit. Let me give you an example. Uh, young, uh, women right now, young women, they're having a lot of fun. Okay, I saw an old couple today. I was walking my dog. Old couple gets out of the car. They stand there, wait for me to walk by my dog. And I kind of walk my dog kind of unleashed, but I have a electronic thing that I give her commands on. But I kind of cross the street because my dog could knock her, knock these old people over. But they're standing there. I'm like, you jackass. So I kind of got to have to cross the street and come back. And um, what happened was I looked at the old woman. I looked at the old woman. And she was old and frail. Like she was in her 60s, maybe late 60s. She was pushing late 60s, possibly 70s. Yeah, she had an old moo-moo on. And then the husband, he was of similar age, but he wasn't as broken down as the woman. The woman was kind of moving slow. He was moving slow. But I looked at that woman, and I see, see that right there, Ethel. <laughs> he says, Ethel, Ethel right there is indicative of what women don't know what's coming, right? Where where that man, Fred, he probably had to work until he was 70, 72, and he just stopped working. That woman stopped working 30 years ago. She ain't worked and put in a hard day's work in the last 30 years. And the problem that you know, women don't understand is coming is you're going to teeter out and peter out right about at age 50, right about 50. You don't see women really just grinding it out. You know what I mean? 50, 55, 60. You see them kind of, okay, I'll go to Walmart. I'll Sometimes if they're a CEO, they can skip that lane and executive. They can skip it. I know some executive women. Yeah, because that's not really work. They're kind of just maintaining. They're kind of just managing. That's That's not work, work. Okay, I'm not putting it down, but it's not. They're just in the management position. Okay, so they can grind that out and work it. But even those women, you don't see them grinding it out at 60, 59, 58, 60. They peter out ambitious wise about 45 or 50. 45 or 50 for the average woman. That's it. The train, they're at the train. They're de they're deboarding the train. They're getting off. Then they want to find a man and all that what? stuff. Yep, those women at the grocery store, they got that little uh, sleeve like they going bowling, and they be beep, 
Beep. They're not grinding it out. They're not pushing for high salaries. They're not trying to get management positions. They ain't doing shit. They just going to show up at that job. Beep. Now, when they were doing that job at 24, 25, they was like, I'm making it. I'm doing it. I'm going to get to manager. Beep, 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 beep. Now they 45. They just like. <sighs> now, with that being said, what is the message in this? The message is those people had fun up early. But now once 45, 50 hits. They're going to slow the hell down and coast. They're going to sail for the next 30, 40 years. Okay. And a lot of times when they get to that point, they start complaining about what? Medicare, Biden, having a man, not having a man, who going to take care of me, blah, 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 blah. The real consequences started to hit. And then this is when they get a little bit scared. Oh, shit. Well. Prior to that, you was having fun. You were shaking your ass and you was making your money and you were strong and independent and you didn't need no man. And now I'm ready to settle down and I'm looking for something serious. Remember, take life seriously. Now they want to take life seriously. Now you want, now the real consequences have showed up and you want to take life seriously. See, that tells me you didn't have your priorities in order. They don't want to work and grind it out no more at age 50 because your body feels a lot different. Many times your body's breaking down, men or women, but women for sure, if they have osteoporosis, if they tend to have, um, you know, if they tend to be, they tend to be hypochondriacs. Every little thing that got to go to the doctor. I got a hangnail going to the doctor. Men don't be going to the doctor like that, which we should. But they be going to the doctor for any old thing. They got an ingrown toenail. They got an ingrown hair, right? They got a hair curl back. Oh, I got an ingrown hair. They get the gout, back hurting, spine. But they didn't plan ahead because people don't take life seriously. You don't realize that in your younger years, that's when you build. You don't start building when you're in your 40s and 50s. You don't start trying to take life seriously in your 40s and 50s. You got to go up now because you, it's hard for when it comes to women, it's hard for you to sell yourself at 45 and 50. It's extremely harder than it was at early 20s. So nobody's going to feel sorry for you. They're going to be like, hey, old person, you had your chance. Now it's my turn. So these are the things that happen. Take life seriously. This goes for men too. This isn't just for women. Take your life seriously. A lot of men between 20 and 30, we're overconsumed with pursuing peace lead. We're addicted to it. We're fuel injected for it in terms of having testosterone. And we want it now. And when we don't get it, we feel bad. And then we throw up every excuse as to why our life didn't turn out the way it did. Well, if you look back between your ages of 20 and 30, how much time did you waste in pursuit of the golden for JJ, as our boy says, um, Aaron Clarity? Aaron Clarity. How much time did you waste? How many wasted 24 hours did you have over a 10-year period that gave you the results you're getting today? See, the 24-hour rule is simple. We'll get to the next point here. This is the 24-hour rule. Most people will look at their lives, and they will look at and measure it against another person's life. They'll say, damn, CGA has this, and CGA has that. But during the 24 hours that I lived on a day-to-day -day basis, I sacrificed, I risked, I didn't party, I didn't smoke weed, I didn't drink, I didn't go to nightclubs. I didn't do all of these things, and it was a strategic way. It wasn't because I could wasn't good at it. It wasn't because I didn't like some of those things. I didn't chase ass 
my whole free agent lifestyle book came out in 2018 saying, stop chasing ass. That changed my life. I applied. I worked on my craft. I lived very, very in the moment. And, but I planned years in the head to get to this point. What did you do? What did you do? You did the exact opposite. You went out, you hung out, you smoked a little weed, you drank, you went out and, and ate out at restaurants four or five times a week. You didn't, you didn't do the things that you needed to do. You chased ass, you fornicated, you had your fun. And compounding those 24 hours, one day at a time, boom, boom. If you compound that, like compound interest, and you go, I lived out of 365 days, I effed away 290 while coach socked away 290, 24 hours. I socked it away. I put those 290 days and I socked it away and I did what I needed to do. Now multiply those 290 by five years, six years, seven years. See, those 24 hours start to matter real fast. And then you look at a person. This isn't the all end all be all, but you look at a person and you say, well, this person had this and this person had that. He's a sellout and he, he lived in a suburb and he and then you find every reason you find every reason why this person has and you don't. But then you want to put your hand out and help. Oh, help me, help me, help me. You need to help me. You need to help me. You're a man. You're a black man. And I say, what did you do? In the previous 24 hours. What did you do 24 hours before that? What did you do in the 290, 24 hours that the 24, the 24 hours that I was doing over the last year, the last three or five years, I was doing X, Y, and Z. What were you doing? Hey, I remember I saw you on your Instagram. You were chilling. You were chasing ass. You were a player in the Mac. Okay. Ladies, you were out there having fun. You were drinking. You were having fun. You were, you were getting drunk. You were waking up at 11 o'clock in the, in the uh, damn near afternoon. Well, I was waking up at 4.30, 5.30, 6.30. day, up, 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 without fail. Six o'clock on the Saturdays. 6 a.m. on Saturdays. I wasn't staying up late. I wasn't traveling. I wasn't doing all the shit you were doing. But then when you look at the other person that's getting and winning, the compound effect of bad choices in 24 hours gives you the results that you have today. This is not always, but this is more likely true than not. This is the 24-hour rule. I'm poor at the, at the end of the day. I was poor, hungry, and driven. I had a choice. I had a plan. When you do my coaching program, I give you a one-year sheet, a three-year sheet, and a five-year sheet. That's going to tell you where you're going to be in 10 years. Write it down. And let no one bump you off that plan. Same as Beyonce. Beyonce said, I'm going to do the Super Bowl. I'm going to do this, this award show. I'm going to grind. And now she's sitting down. You don't see Beyonce doing a damn thing, really. Because she said, in the next five years is going to determine my next 10 years. 24-hour rule. And people said, yeah, people said, you're boring. You're not spontaneous. Women said, oh, gosh, you're no fun. And, you know, you go out with them. Oh, have a drink. Have two drinks. Have three drinks. Now, that's okay. Oh, you're boring. You're no fun. You're not spontaneous. You're this and that. You're lame. Now, I guarantee you, many of those women that I went out on dates with where I didn't order a drink and they ordered one and two drinks, I guarantee you I'm light years ahead of them in life 
at this very moment right now. I'm light years ahead of them because they chose to do that. They chose to do that, so I don't feel bad for you. So when you say I need a little bit of help and it's hard in the economy and gas prices and inflation, I'm sitting over here like, that's your problem. <laughs> okay. That's your problem. You want it to have fun. You want it to chill. There's a great book that I haven't read completely, but uh, Thomas Sowell has a book basically calling, uh, talking about the um, black rednecks and white liberals. And he's talking about the mindset that you grow up in. And um, I talked about this earlier. I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. I got to get to these super chats. But basically, he was talking about what we accepted um, and the people that around us, that educated us, that gave us the lifestyle that we wanted, that, that we live now. And uh, many blacks in the South are different than the blacks from the West Indies, right? The Caribbeans that came here and they got the different work ethic than the black, uh, what they call FBAs, because FBAs were raised around lower class whites. Whereas the West Indies kind of got their independence, came from the same slave culture as the same trade slave transaction, but they come in with a different mindset, right? The whole Jamaicans have 50 jobs, but you were raised around Southern white rednecks who didn't have that work ethic. And thus they didn't have the education and the presentation. They never focused on that, but you did. You, you did or necessarily were raised in that culture. And then you wonder why 50 years later, 70 years later, the results are what they are. Okay, so it's an interesting, it's interesting concept. Go ahead and check it out if you want. Uh, but it kind of might explain some things. Yeah, you guys were raised around lazy Southerners. And the, the problem is with that is Southerners tend to accept substandard living. That's the point that I was making. Southerners tend to accept substandard living and so the blacks that migrated from the south into the midwest you have the same mindset well this is okay and i'm like that's substandard and then you think i'm bougie <laughs> you think that i'm trying to be elite and classist when i look and go that condition you're in now is not meant to be lived and played out forever like that's a that's a point of life right there. You're in that point of life, but you can't accept that for your entire life. Meaning, let me give you a quick example. I'm sorry. This is this is what makes the show three hours. Meaning that I remember growing up. I remember growing up and I would see there would be somebody's uncle. I would go to someone's house. This would be in the Midwest. I would go to someone's house. And there will be the Nana. There will be the grandmama, big mama. There would be the husband who was somewhat, you know, back in the 70s. And they, they, the husband, they didn't have muscle like we did. They were always kind of string beaned and, and, and bird chested. There would be that husband. The mom would be, the Nana would be bigger. Then there would be some dude living there who was the uncle or the cousin in the back room. Now, he might have been slow or he, I don't know what his deal was. But the uncle that lived in the back room. And you show up there and you walk in. These people were direct descendants from people from the South because they kind of act and behaved in the same way. <laughs> you say cooking okra. And you show up. The dude was in his 30s. He was in his 30s. And I'm looking at the guy. I was a young guy, young, young kid at the time. And I'm looking like, why is he here? Now, this person wasn't the slow uncle. 
he wasn't the molester uncle. <laughs> he was just he was just there. And you're like, put it together. Do you live here? You know, you're listening to it. You're like, it seems like this guy lives here. Seems like this guy has comfort here. He has a room here. It'd be midday on a weekday, and they're all there. And you're like, why in the hell? Why are you here? Why aren't you off on your own? Why aren't you supporting yourself? Well, there might be a reason why legally or something like that, but the question remains is, or the, the point of this is, that person is, is accepting a substandard living condition, without a doubt. In his mind, he going to ride that out till he 50, 11 years old. And you're like, I mean, you could get a job. I don't know what your legal situation is, but you could, you could, you could better yourself. You know, you could, you don't have to live with your mama and your daddy who are 70 or 65. Why are you living with them? Don't you want to live better? Don't you want to live better now? Coogee sweater now? Drop top BN? <laughs> you the man? I don't you want to live better, but some people accept, and this is more of a Southern mindset, and it migrated to the South in the 40s and the 50s. I demonstrated this. Those people don't want to live better at all. They don't want to live better now, Coogee sweater now. They have no ambition for that. Nope. And to me, I can't accept that. I'm going now. That That's not it. I For a, a time period in your life, you could go back to that. Damn, I lost my job. My family destroyed the baby mama took me to child support. I need to hunker down for, for five to six, 16 months. And then I'm out of here. Unfortunately, though, people accept a substandard living condition like that. And that doesn't make any sense to me. Where does that come from? This doesn't, it doesn't just apply to blacks. There's whites that do this too. But to me, you will make that a standard living condition when that substandard at best. All right, let me do this. Let me do this. Again, I'm not putting people down. I, my, my choice is not to pull, put people down. But that is substandard. All right, we got a lot of contributions here. There's a lot of sponsorships. Daniel McGee, 64 hours a week, every week for the last 10 years. He says, F a day off, maintenance tech. Going to buy a 2019 vet after work. Only 9K miles on it. No degree, two degrees. All right, no debt and two degrees, welding certification and studying for my CDL. Okay, that's it right there. All right, shout out to you. Uh, shout out to uh, you on that. And at some point, you can back down once you start getting the things that you wanted that made you work that hard. All right. He says, keeping it a stack. I can do that lifestyle. I'm just bougie now. Yeah, I'm just a little bit too light. I don't like to depend on people, as a matter of fact. I'm not a dependopotamus uh, because being a dependent has its drawbacks. The trade-offs are not favorable to me. All right, shout-out to Bowtie, Big Cat. Coach, you should be charging for the Blue Chip Mindset Series. I wish I had this information 15 years ago. I tried to share your information to the youngest generation, but they don't listen. Well, yeah, youth, youth is wasted on the young. Youth is wasted on the young. That's why they have that saying. We're going to do PayPal's after I get through these sponsorships. You know, when you're young, you just don't see it. It's okay. Uh, some people mature faster, male and female, and they see it, and they get, in they get on board. And like I said, those 24 hours add up. When you out there chilling, 
hanging on the corner selling rocks and smoking weed. There's somebody out there just studying a pine. And then when they get ahead and you don't, you're going to try to find some reason why. And it was your fault. More likely than not. All right. Shout out to Monquel Gorman. Shout out to you. And that's a co-sponsorship. Sub coach. Keep preaching the word. I say listening to your message to keep me from falling back. All right. Shout out to you and to the blue, blue pill conditioning. But you're absolutely right. If you're going to change your surroundings, you got to change the people around you. 100%. You got to change the people around you. When I say leave the community, it's not saying leaving black folks, but sometimes a poor mindset is around a group of people that you're born into. We're going to get to that in a minute. And you got to leave that group of people. All right. You could be in the community and you could be pure white and Asian and Mexican. All right. Or Latin, Latinx. All right. Oh, Billy the Kid. Coach, I'm always going to support. He says, because you teach me certain things in life that have never been taught to us. Things that are intangible to us men. Men will support a female who brings no value to their life instead of a man who does just my thoughts. Men are comfortable doing that because I think men want the attention of the woman and he thinks he's going to get desire from her. It's natural. Like we naturally want to give to women. It's programmed into us, but most of the time you get no return and you're happy with it. Blue Baggins, you're speaking 100% facts, coach. I raised my service rates from 95 an hour to 224 per hour. Best move I've ever made. He says it screens out all the riffraff immediately. I actually had a meeting with the guy that owns the gym. He said, how much do you charge? I was like $80. He was like, bump it up to 115. I was like, what? I immediately was like, nah, 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 nah. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. He's like, bump it up to 115. Once I bumped it up, I was like, oh, I see. <laughs> it immediately stopped all the bullshit. Now, the people that came up, hey, what do you charge? 115? Oh, I can't afford that. And I say, you certainly can't. And you let them go. You got to let them go. Now, you can't do that right off the rip. But eventually, when you're established, you got to start charging. Oh, yeah. And then there's somebody who's I can't afford that. And you're, you're stealing from the people. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but now I don't have to work as many sessions during the day. Instead of working eight sessions, I can work four. And I can provide better value to those four people. Now I get better as a professional and I don't have to market every week trying to find people for $50 sessions. Now I got four people that are guaranteed income, almost guaranteed, if you will. And I can focus on being a better person as opposed to having to train these eight people and constantly replacing these fools because I'm giving them deals. Mm. All right. But it is what it is. It's a mindset. Yeah. Rational or rationality. He says most don't know their own social number. Woo. Gosh, dang. Hey, do you do you know your own social security number? If if that's where you are. If that's where you are in life. This is where we this is where we help you. Some people don't know their own social security number. If you're there, this is where we start to get you in line. I don't want to beat you down. It's it's tough. You should know it. I mean, it's your slave number, but you should know it. Okay. I've been in those situations where adults didn't have their driver's license and we we're going on an airplane trip. You're like, what the f like, damn. Then you start asking them questions. What's your address and where you were born and your date of birth? And it was just like, oh, man, crickets. And like, oh, man, dude, like, how did you get this far in life? Ladies love cool. See, guys should be buying multiple growth stocks. 
uh, while it's low instead of a $500 PUA coach or course. This is true, man. Uh, stocks are on discount. Force India still catching up, coach. He says you got a you got a great repertoire of 1980s synth music, but there's one you keep missing out on. It is Jermaine Stewart's We Don't Have to Take Our Clothes Off to Have a Good Time. Wow, I remember that one, the anthem for the good man. But if you know, that that uh, that artist was a, as we call it over here, a um that artist represented the time where uh i forget it oh androgynous those were that's an androgynous artist and i'm saying that to be nice to the rainbow community androgynous artists tended to not make music that was initially geared towards <laughs> paypal has got me struggling sorry paypal you know what i gotta do it over here i gotta get these sponsors man that artist was definitely on, he was not representative in, or indicative of it, but anything masculine. Not one damn thing about masculine. So think about these things that were pushed towards you. Uh, let's see here. We got some brothers over on PayPal. Oh, shout out to you. We got three per people. Cali West Miami in the building. He says, uh, I dated a straggle who had a rich grandpa or a grandpappy, he says, but both of her grandparents remarried, so the mother had a stepfather who didn't work, and the mother was a streetwalker. The grandfather wouldn't let the granddaughter come around unless she had her life together. That's because he couldn't afford to have her ghetto family members or his ghetto family members embarrass him and mess up his bag. Listen to the coach. He's right. That, that, that's classism. That's, elitist, that's elitism. But uh, remember, remember this rule. Only mess with people who have as much to lose as you do. See, that's what that means. Only mess with people who have just as much to lose as you do. Apply that to your life. Apply that to if you're married and you want to cheat, don't cheat on someone who has nothing to lose. Cheat on someone who, who could possibly lose their marriage, right? Cheat with That's who you cheat with. Don't cheat with somebody who's single and desperate to get married and oh, I'm going to leave my wife. She's going to blow your shit up. <laughs> that's an example of that that person had nothing to lose and you mess with them same thing is your homeboys only mess with people who have just as much to lose as you do same thing is when you're trying to elevate in your life only mess with people who have just as much to lose as you do you guys should be writing this down when you're dating only mess with people who have just as much to lose as you do and you will find your life correcting 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 it's when you bring your straggle-ass family over to your suburban house and they start to looking. And, oh, man, oh, it looks like you live in well, Coogee sweater now. <laughs> oh, it looks like you doing good. And then they start plotting. And then they start thinking all the times, okay, all right, I remember when he messed up, I'm going to tell the whole world, right? And not only that, they tend to mess with people who don't have just as much to lose as they do. And they bring those people to your house. And now all of a sudden, your family member didn't steal from you, but your family member's boyfriend did. Your family member's new girlfriend did. They out here sticky fingers on all the shit in your house. So again, 
you won't let me come over. Yeah, do not bring your ghetto ass boyfriend over here. Oh, what? What? You mean you we family, but he's not. And all of a sudden, you on Facebook talking about you in Santorini, Greece. And guess what? When you in Santorini, Greece, they robbing your house. Who's robbing your house? The ghetto-ass boyfriend that she brought over to come look at your shit. Okay? (laughs) So only mess with people who have just as much to lose as you do. Apply it to your life. And you will find your life changing by the day. Every 24 hours will get better. VMAD in the building. Shout out to the money mindset. Coach gang in the building. And he says, money isn't everything, but you can't get too far without it. Can't get too far without it. Shout out to uh, VMAD in the building. We got two more on PayPal. We'll get to the next point. Uh, who is this in here? Oh, we got a sponsorship over there on PayPal. All right. Uh, Alex says, Coach Gang, been watching you for almost a year. Turned a 91K a year salary into 350000 Dollars a year. I got money. Gosh, man, he's 30 years old. Good Lord. Man, thank you for everything you do. Blue chip mindset one day at a time. Gosh, darn. Oh, my man killing it. Boy, imagine if you're making 30. And by the way, for a male to jump from salary, I know we we talk about the, you know, the females are like, what about us, coach? All right, you can come lie down for coach, but that's what about it. But look, for a male salary to jump, it doesn't. It's not impossible. It's not impossible. I know you think it's impossible. I only make 35. I only make 50. You don't have to do very much. I mean, all you have to do is change your mindset. Start applying these principles. All right. Only hang with people who won't have much to lose as you do. All right. 24-hour compound rule. All right. Uh, the one-year, three-year, five-year plan. I'm giving you all a lot. And I actually have to come up with new things because I don't want to sound like I'm repeating myself. But uh, all of this could be a book. And I apply these same things. Sure, I make mistakes. Sure, I make errors in judgment. But I try not to make errors in judgment because I know, and this is going to come up later, the people who are going to cause you the most grief and pain, and this is goes without a doubt, this is studied, are people who live near you, people who look like you, or people you're related to. Lord have mercy. Those are the people who are going to caught who have a tendency to cause you the most grief and setbacks in your life. Now, people don't want to believe this shit and y'all want to believe we all going to rise up to the top and we all going to get on one accord and equally yoked. But it's not true. I'm going to get to that in the next, next point when I play the Long Breach Griffey clip. Grease Man, Texas, you're correct, coach. Some folks won't sacrifice money nor time. And he says, um. When I was going to tech college and work, you had a total of 60 hours a week. Friends hated when I didn't go out and drink and women didn't want to date me. He says, I even had to dump an ex because she was dead weight. Even going to the gym on Friday nights, I was laughed at. Yep, those things, people, uh, I got to get to that later. Hopefully, I remember that. How you're programmed to do certain things on certain days. He says, now many of these same people in their late 40s own no property and work mediocre jobs. Even an ex from four years ago who said I was doing too much is now facing eviction for the third time. Joke's on them, and, I still, and I'm still, i still capitalizing. Make, making sacrifices for the better future is a must, gentlemen. Is a must. All right, shout out to Greaseman Texas for that one. That's actually an excellent one. You put so much into one, 
which brings up a good point. Let me get the point number two, and I can kind of mix this in. Is um, you know, again, like we talk about red pill and unplugging from the matrix, it's not just with women, it's with a lot of things, namely. Like when you should be doing things like on Friday night, you should be celebrating on Friday night. You should be out drinking uh, on Friday night. You should be at the club on Friday night. You should be just hanging out. You should let thank God it's Friday. Like nobody be like, I can go to the gym Friday night. Nah, you ain't supposed to go to the gym Friday night. Like some people have that mindset. You're not supposed to work on Saturday and Sunday. I got some people that I'd be like, they're like, um, you know, when do you work? I work every day. Now, I don't work the same schedule every day, but on Saturdays, I have a period between uh, 10 and 1. Well, I'll do some work, right? I have a videographer. We do our vlogs. If you've been watching the um, from the Notorious CGA channel, that's when I record vlogs. And we were typically, we try to get two or three out of that period so that I can put it up in three separate days. So it looks like I recorded on three separate days, but I didn't. That's a secret of a YouTuber. We'll get to that. but. We try to knock those out on Saturday between 10 and 1. Then I have the rest of the Saturday off. Then on Sunday, I do two streams in the morning and the evening. So that's work. It's not the same day as Monday through Friday, but that but that's work. But people are like, you work every day. You need the time to rest. Relax. Go let your hair down. Celebrate. Relax. Go to the club. Go fornicate. Wake up at 11 o'clock. Well, I can't do that. I can't do it. <laughs> like Because in your mindset, you're off Friday from 4 o'clock until Monday 8 a.m., and I ain't doing it, okay? I ain't doing it. <laughs> Some people think in your program to believe that's what you're supposed to do. Who said that? Who said that? Who taught you that? Now, some of our culture is ingrained in it, but we grew up agriculturally. You could not do that. But then when we got into a different work schedule in which people said the five-day work schedule, you program to believe that that's what everybody does. Now, people that say preserve the Sabbath, they didn't work on Saturdays, but they worked on Sundays. <laughs> See, this is the mindset that we talk about. It depends on how you grow up. Some people don't do anything on Saturday and dedicated that to the Lord. Some people used to dedicate Sunday to the Lord. But they worked on Saturday. You got to figure out where you've been programmed. But you guys are programmed in the five-day work week, nine to five, and everything else. What do you do with your extra time? Crap it off. Just, just, just skeet it off. Celebrate, relax, drink, smoke, weed, party, good, drink late, stay up late. So. That's called programming. And if you do that over periods of time, sure, you're not going to be much fun. Sure, you're not going to maybe not get no ass. Sure. But again, you don't need those people. Eventually, you'll see in a 5, 10, 15 year period where those people will be. And where you will be. It's not, it's going, it's going to be very apparent over time because they did that over a repeated basis. And here they are still talking about Biden's supposed to do this and Biden's supposed to do that. Oh, uh, well, you shouldn't have got affected by it. Okay. Let me play this video by Long Beach Griffey. Griffey, Griffey. Check this video out. Uh, I wanted to go back to this one because fair use, by the way, Long Beach Griffey, you should know you're a YouTuber for a considerable amount of time. So I will go ahead and invoke my fair use privileges right now. Um, I haven't done this in a while, but I got to do this just in case you'd be like, don't share my video, Sean. Sean, don't share my video. Uh, where's my clip on the fair use privileges? Oh, there we go right there. 
There it is. You, Long Beach Griffey, you know what up. Yeah. I don't even have to tell you. I don't even have to tell you. All right. So uh, this is how child support treats men. And this is a warning. Guys, I've been in the child support system. It was the most enslaving system I've ever been a part of. As a matter of fact, it was worse than divorce court. It was worse than the divorce itself. And I wasn't broke. Okay. But the system itself is it monitors you, it emasculates you. And then when you want to change the system and you want to go in and be treated with respect, they're going to treat you with so much disrespect that you won't believe it. So you might think this is a an exaggeration. This is not going to be how they handle you. They are emasculating you by the day. They send you so much mail. I remember one time I got a notice. I switched real estate companies because I was doing real estate part-time and I was fitness training. I switched from one company to another. They sent me a letter. Child support sent me a letter saying, it looks like you have a new job. Mm. <laughs> I was like, what? Oh my God. I was like, God dang. And that is a democratic Marxist mindset that they're going to constantly monitor you. And then they're going to monitor how much you make and how much they're going to steal from you. It was absolutely reprehensible. So I was like, I'm going to break free of these slave chains of the child support. And anybody that's uh, so much wants to put me on one, they're enemy for life. They're enemy for life because that is a system of punishment. It's not of a system of equity in trying to help children. Let's go ahead and um, let's go ahead and roll this film. Okay, Mr. Griffin, Mr. Griffin. So you're disputing a child support case because you believe that the custodial parent is only filing child support to be vindictive. She is. Mr. Griffin, Mr. Griffin, Mr. Griffin. Don't talk over me. Do I make myself clear? Speak when you are spoken to. Yes, Your Honor. Now. Now, listen, fair using, so I have to pause. <laughs> Long Beach Griffey. I don't know if he's ever been in child support court, but this is similar to what it is. They they gaslight you. They get you to, they know that what happens is they get you to walk into certain traps. And they know you're going to buck. They know you're pissed. They know you're pissed about the process. And the judge led him to respond in a different aggressive way. And then they chastise you. For responding that way. This is predictive behavior. They do this on a daily basis. So they know how to get you riled up. So they can disrespect you. Let's continue. This, this briefing is absurd. Single mothers do not file child support. Out of spite. Or to be vindictive. Are you vindictive Miss Bethany? No I definitely am. Yeah. No all of this is out of spite. Actually. Yeah. Yeah. I want him to suffer. Like, terribly. Now, hold on. You're so brave. <laughs> okay, so I have to pause for the instruction here and the criticism. Okay, you're so brave. So these judges in these systems know that the woman's using it out of spite. It's very clear because they're fighting over X amount of dollars, and then they make it so, well, if it's not that much money, why don't you just pay it? Right. It's a form of extortion, and they're playing you emotionally, and they're playing this person over here and representing them fairly. And saying you're so brave, you're a princess warrior, you're a queen, you're the mother of the earth, the backbone of the security. Uh, you got to take care of these kids, poor you. And then you over here, you're the deadbeat, no matter what. Continue. How often do you see your kid, Mr. Griffin? 
if she isn't dictating when and when I can't see my son, at least four days a week since he's been born. <laughs> Dead beat of the fucking year. <laughs> Miss Bethany, sweetheart, how often do you have your son? I don't. Yeah, no, like maybe like, I don't know, once every four months. I, I really have no clue at all. Like he built my mom sometimes. If you want me to, if you want her to come up here, we could, yeah, family time. It's always great. Her mother. Okay, so what we call this is, I call this the, the basically the system of babysitters. So they will have an orchestrated group of babysitters in which she's getting parent rewarded with parenting time, but the mom is actually not with the kid. So the mom's with the kid during overnight periods. They stay at the after-school daycare. They get somebody picking up from, up from school. They go to football practice. Uh, they're with the grandparents. The mom never really has them because she's working her job. So how is she working her job and getting parenting credit, but the kid could come to me and say, if I have a flexible job, I work at home, um, I can actually have the kid, and they won't give the kid to you. They'll keep them with the mom, and the mom doesn't rarely have the kid either. The kid just sleeps at the mom house. Okay, continuing. Mother distributes crack cocaine, Your Honor. How many goddamn times do I have to tell your ass? Speak when you are spoken to. That's your fourth warning, bitch. When was my second? Keep on. Keep on. Keep on. <laughs> Is this true? Did your mother sell crack out of her home? Yeah, I buy from her. <laughs> oh, cute core in our money. Well, I'm glad you support black businesses. What do you do for work, you deadbeat bum bitch? Well, if I'm not volunteering, ah, <laughs> what do you do for work, Miss Bethany? I don't, Mr. Your Honor. You know what I mean? I'm a female, so you know. Uh, one thing that will happen is uh, the woman will go into court. When, when she's not in court, she's strong, she's independent, she's making her own money, she's focusing on her career. So I could focus on my career. She's trying to get a promotion. Um, she might have left you in the relationship because she wanted to work on her career. And she wanted to do that. And she wanted to have her own money. But then when you break up, when you divorce, when you split up, she's going to go in court and act like she is a stay-at-home mom. She's going to go in there and act like she makes peanut butter and jelly sandwiches at noon. She packs a lunch pail in the morning that she prepares breakfast for her kids, bacon, eggs, and ham. And when they get home, she gives out snacks. And then she watches them during play dates. And then that's what she's going to go in court and say. <laughs> oh, I'll be with my kid all the time. Now, this exaggeration is the woman's kind of claiming she's a deadbeat herself. And she's not getting punished. When he's out here, the father's working. He's getting punished. Even though he's out here cracking his back. I, I do EDD scamming here and there. You know, I still once in a while, you know, set niggas up. Only fans. But I do what I got to do. Oh, fuck. I told myself. Boy, go grind. <laughs> the things black women have to do to survive. Father set to pay fifteen thousand a month. What the fuck? <laughs> That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. I was taking it easy on your bum ass with fifteen thousand a month, but since you want to be a smart fuck, you gotta pay her 
You can only see your son for one day out of a year. You gotta give up 90% of your belongings, including your place of shelter, your car, half of your bank account, and you have to spend 25 years in federal prison. <laughs> All right, let's go ahead and give Long Beach Griffey a round of applause, man, for that one. Uh, guys, it's not that far. That, that The accuracy of that one, when you get in this system, that's how they treat you. I mean, the disparity is immediately felt. I mean, there's not even close. In child support, we work for the families. We work for both sides. No, they don't. No, they don't. That's kind of how it operates. It's getting a little bit better, but not, not even that much better. What we tell you is avoid that. But the point of that is, the point of that is, in the 24-hour principle, I want you to think about this, and I just mentioned this. The people that will hurt you the most or more liable to hurt you the most are the people you live near, the people who look like you, and or the people in your family. Now, many of you guys have been damaged by one of those three people or a combination of all three of those people in the family court. In the, who's more likely to put you on child support? Women in your own race. But we're here trying to always try to say, oh, the black people, we're going to uplift each other. However, black women are putting men on child support like crazy, using that system that is meant to enslave and handcuff men and prevent them from building wealth and prevent them from rising up. But we want to complain about Biden. We want to complain about Trump. We want to complain about all of these things. The reality that smacks you right in the face is that that's a system that your own people use against each other. And you celebrate it on a daily basis. But somehow we're supposed to rise up. Hmm? This is the system you use against your own. And you wonder why men or women themselves can't get themselves together. That's a reality. That's a reality pill. Let's get to this point right here. Shout out to Long Beach. Oh, I like the video too. Go like the video. Now, let's take it to the next level because we're talking about what? Reparations now. And I like this topic because it's an excuse. It's just to me, it's an, another excuse. But uh, I want to tell you, I want you to watch how this lady kicked that can and passed that book right back to your own people. Uh, there's no sense in having these hardcore beliefs that you're going to get a reparation. I think it is very clear that they're going to lay this in your lap. And this was the purpose of that new woman uh, movie, The Woman King, to get you to do some own research and to tell a story to get you to understand that your own people sold you out. So that's why they put that up there and they said, come watch this so you can see that you ain't never getting no reparations from the Great Britain, United Kingdom or America. It was your own people who did this and benefited and profited. Watch this. Watch this. OK, um, this was on source CNN, Don Lemon. And watch this woman, because now that the queen has died, everybody wants to bring up this conversation about colonialism and reparations, which I've told you my opinion of that of a, as a historian. Yes, they had a 400-year reign, and, it's, and it came to an end for the United Kingdom for, for the most part, but the wealth is still there. Let's see here. Um, uh, but now they want that wealth distributed because the king is, uh, the, the, the queen has died. Here we go. Fair use. Well, I think you're right about reparations in terms of if people want it, though, what they need to do is you always need to go back to the beginning of a supply chain. Where was the beginning of the supply chain? That was in Africa, and when across the entire world, when the slavery was taking place, which was the first nation in the world that abolished slave, uh, slavery? The first nation in the world 
to abolish it. It was started by William Wilberforce, was the British. In, in Great Britain, they abolished slavery. 2,000 naval men died on the high seas trying to stop slavery. Why? Because the African kings were rounding up their own people. They had them on cages waiting in the beaches. No one was running into Africa to get them. And I think you're totally right. If reparations need to be paid, we need to go right back to the beginning of that supply chain and say, who was rounding up their own people and having them handcuffed in cages? Absolutely, that's where they should start. And maybe, I don't know, the descendants of those families where they died at the, in the high seas trying to stop the slavery, that those families should receive something too, I think, at the same time. Don Lemon. Don Lemon. Look at Don Lemon. He said, oh, now here's the deal. Here's the deal. Whether you believe that to be true or not, we actually proven it to be mostly true. What you just saw there was a punt, right? What you just saw there was a punt, right? She punted. Or we would say she passed that buck. Now, I want you to put this in perspective. Punting and passing the buck most of the time yields nothing. You punt the ball, you're going to yield a yard or two. Every now and then you might get a punt return, but it's very rare for a punt return. It's very rare to even get 10 yards on the punt. And people who punt know this. And they know by punting, they're going to give up. They're not going to give us good a field advantage, right? I'm just putting it in a football context. They, they won't give up field. All right. They will make you punch you back into a worse field position and you're not going to get a good return. Meaning she like y'all can have all that. You were equally responsible. You did not capitalize or you had a certain group of people capitalize. And we ain't paying a damn dime. We ain't giving up no yardage or field position. Every time you bring it up, we ain't doing a damn thing, even though they were complicit in the act as well. They were both responsible. And then when it got ugly for them, they tried to shut it down. So then she was saying, we tried to stop it. Yeah, when it got ugly for you and it looked bad for you. You tried to stop it. And yeah, the other people who were capitalizing on it against their own people, yeah, they were still trying to make that money. And then you tried to stop them because it it looked bad on your crown. Yeah, but you're not the good guy either. However, that punt right there lets you know that you hanging on to this idea of they're going to be a savior or a financial savior for, for you, it ain't never going to happen. <laughs> okay? They never going to run fourth and one on their own 25. He said, y'all need Devin. They ain't going to run fourth and 10 on their own 25 backed up against their end zone. That's what you want them to do. That's what you want them to do. And they ain't having it. And the conversation is never going to go past that, unfortunately. If you want the money, go get it. They going to punt this one every single time. So I know a lot of people want to find out what their savior is and your savior is. Well, maybe if I stop working on myself and I latch on to this idea of potentially some people might have a heart for what happened. One of the most major black eyes in America was not the correction of going from slave into freedom. That has forever crippled America. And they will never, it's going to be their undoing. Because everything they got to do to correct it to this point always seems to be it makes it worse. Every correction from this point on, it's made it worse. From the civil rights movements, from the civil rights acts of 64, it seems to have produced worse results to uh, to double quota black women, putting black women into economic prosperity and then 
demonizing the black man. That's what they did all the way into. Now you have the um, Gordon Goldman Sachs. You have these things. It seems to be they're trying to correct it, but it seems to make it worse. And that will forever be a black eye on America. Right. So that's what they're going to have to deal with forever. That's the consequences of building a foundation on that and never properly correcting it. That's the that's the truth. But the truth is now for you as a man to hang on to this idea and not continually to work on yourself and harbor anger towards it is actually counterproductive. It's actually counterproductive because at the same time you're doing that, you have people from the West Indies, you have people from Nigeria that look like you that are prospering. And that's what I want you guys to course correct and think, okay, because they're not asking for reparations. Many of those people sold you. Many of those people, people sold you. Remember, let's go back to it. Who are the people who are most likely to do you harm? People that you were close to who look like you or descendants from you. Those are the people that most likely do you harm. And sometimes those people uh, will, will, will benefit off your hard labor. So if you're in the mindset, because we're helping people mindset wise, blue chip mindset is not helping you try to course correct there. So you might want to leave that behind. Let's go back to the burning. <laughs> Let's go back to the burning house reference that I talked about yesterday or last week. You got burning house. Your house is burning, which everybody's house is somewhat burning. But you only have 25 seconds to recognize your house is burning and to collect as much things that you want to save. The, your most valuable things, your most valuable assets, your most valuable tools. You can't take everything with you. What will those things be? Your house is collapsing and burning right in front of you. Your life is, right? We're on the verge of an economic correction, a significant one. So what are we going to grab with this? Are you going to go back and grab reparations, your anger for your relationship, your ex-wife anger, your baby mama anger, your anger towards races? Are you going to collect that? Or are you going to collect the one or two things that are going to make you prosper now that you don't have a house? You need to rebuild your house. What are you going to rebuild it on? reparations somebody says stupid analogy thank you very much all right fantastic and i'm glad you clicked on my face and i'm glad you watched me for 100 uh for an hour and a half to come to that conclusion but your house is burning you don't even have a picture on your emoji and you're probably you're probably playing playstation 5 watching me right now with no yob but that's neither here nor there but you, oh, stupid apology. So he said apology. Oh, I'm sorry. He did say apology. All right. He mad. He like, I said apology. <laughs> but with that being said, sometimes I make a mistake. Are you going to change your, get your sex doll? But here's the deal. Here's the deal with it. If you take these things that you've been programmed to carry on as an excuse as to where you need to be when it is in fact your own people that had did the most damage to you, then you're going to be worse off when the economy changes. Let me go to that. Let me go to when the economy changes. Let's go to this. This is going to be a crazy thing for you. Because what you're going into now, let's go ahead. New, 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 new world order. Let's go ahead and show you something real quick. Let me show you something, as the, your boy used to say. 
So uh, China has a very good economy. Well, the economy thing that they're doing, they're shifting their economy too. But because they have communism, they can control the people a little bit faster. Uh, China has what they call a digital yuan. I believe I'm pronouncing that correct. And it says right here, it's all about data and perhaps control. But they've in introduced a digital economy. Now, in America, in America, they we've had this Bitcoin thing, right? The digital currency. But America saw that they made their adjustment. And so the idea that you're going to blow up and become a Bitcoin millionaire just got tougher. Right. They put it into that for the most part, but they smartened up. They said, you know what? So what? You know what? I, I am going to make my own digital currency. They're not stupid. They didn't put the kibosh on Bitcoin and say, let's just go back to legal cash tender. Tender, T-E-N-D-E-R. We're going to have our own digital currency, and it's going to be in, in, initiated by the Federal Reserve. The Federal Reserve's not dumb. It says right here, the central bank digital currency, the CBDC. And so they're going to push this out. They're going to test it, and they're eventually going to release it. But why does that matter to you? Okay, why does that matter to you? Well, let's go back to what China is talking about with the yuan. It says right here. <laughs> Somebody said China is literally collapsing. However, however. They're switching over into this digital currency and they're rolling it out. They rolled it out as early as late 2020 into 2021 during the what? New, 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 new world order. <laughs> okay. During, during the pandemic. And so they're having trouble and they have a generational people, generational thing of people accepting this and people who don't like it and so forth and so on. And there's a lot of control in this and perhaps data collecting on this since it's digital. Where, what do I mean? What, what's the point of this? Eventually, we'll have this digital currency, and eventually they'll roll it out, and eventually people will buck and rebel, and eventually people will just go ahead and say, I'll deal with it. And I know this to be the case because people did that when it came to paying with debit card versus cash. Okay, People that say, oh, don't pay your debit card. Don't do that. Use your credit card. Don't debit. I'd rather deal with cash. Now, if you go to an NFL football game, they don't take cash. They don't take cash. You will go to a store and they'll be like, well, we prefer debit. We prefer card. Pay with your card. Just tap right here. They made it easier for you to pay with your card. Tap here. All right, just insert your card. They changed the whole, remember you used to put your PIN number first and then put the card in or you used to do something weird and then they changed the order and you all were freaking out. Wait a minute. And then they put the tip. They put the tip. Why would you put a tip and I'm just checking out the grocery store? Tip. Now, these things have happened over a short period of time. We're talking about the last five years. If you go into a store with cash, if you go into the store with cash, your ass going to be turned around. You're going to be turned around. It's almost impossible to transact cash now. I mean, you can do it, but most people aren't even trained for it. If you have a person that just became a grocery store clerk at 18, in the last five years, they don't even transact with cash and make change. You see what I'm talking about? So this idea that they're going to roll this out in America when they do in the next 5, 10, 15, 20 years, who knows what it is? Many of us will still be alive. We will have to adjust to this. There will be a group of people that accept it and a couple of people that are going to buck just like you bucked when you wanted to pay with cash. And they said, yeah, but we don't have enough change. And everybody told you they were going to do this. And you were like, nah, they weren't going to do this. And all it took was the pandemic for them to go almost cashless.
You see what I'm saying? Now, what's the trick in this? This is where you need to wake up. They can roll this out tomorrow as far as I'm concerned. Let's go back and share the screen. Where's the trick? What you should be what you should be aware of? Yeah, the coin. Oh, we have a coin shortage, so we can't make change. Pay with your card. And that happened in less than 10 months. Less than 10 months. Now they did they manufacture the coin shortage? I think so. New 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 world order. But check this out. China is touching testing the digital yuan and it may come with a use by date. Oh, she. <laughs> oh, she. Did you see that? I want you to read that. Read it slow and think about think about this. Because remember, this article right here, it's about data and perhaps control. Federal Reserve digital currency. What's the big deal, coach? So we'll have a digital currency. You have it on your phone. But the money expires? Mm. Mm, 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 mm. announcement has been paid for by the new Oh, wait a minute. What is this? Did y'all hear that noise? That right there, ladies and gentlemen, game over for a lot of people. Let's just say you aren't where you need to be today. And then they transition into this idea and it doesn't take that long. It could take five to 10 months for everybody or the majority of people to fully accept it. Remember, most people are oxygen thieves and knuckle draggers at best. They're not going to buck. Oh, okay. I'll just change over. Oh, you can just put it on your phone. You can put it on my phone. I put it on my phone. They're just going to do it. But forget about dodging taxes. Forget about saving money. Forget about socking away. Forget about mattressing, mattressing cash. Forget about it. Your money is going to come. Well, wait a minute. Not going to. I take that back. When they switch to this currency, eventually, they're going to get you to understand that the money has an expiration date. Now, wow. I'll read this article. Remember, they put this in the play. China allegedly put this in the play late 2020. Now it's 2021 when this article was written. And remember when they said the World Economic Forum, you'll own nothing and you'll like it. That's when they talked about uh, what they would call, they termed the Great Reset. This is it. This is it. This is the ability to say, okay, you knuckle draggers, we just going to figure out a way to control you. Hey, um, I'm not saying they're going to do this in America, but are they watching to see if it works in China? Believe you me, they are. Let me read it. It says right here. Um, hold on for a second. Oh, it says, uh, let's go back. Let's go back here. It says, uh, this via the Wall Street Journal on China creates its own digital currency, a first for major economy. If you think reparations is on their agenda, okay, this is the point I was making. If you think reparations is on the docket, you're out of your mind. And I'm not saying this as a black man to be up against black folks. I'm telling you, they don't have it on their docket. It's not on their agenda. It's not on their agenda. They have it not going. You need to course correct your mindset right now and get on board with what's going on now. This, this is where they will be most likely to lean. Why would they give you money for nothing in their mind? 
when they can control it. And if they did give it to you, they give it to you in this digital currency and they say it's going to expire. <laughs> Use by date. If anything happens like that, it's not on their docket. They're not thinking that. They want more control of the people, not less. And giving you wealth gives them less control. This is just how I think. Now, you might think opposite and you might have hold out for hope, but this is where I think they're leaning. It is expected to give uh, China's government vast new tools to monitor both its economy and its people. By design, the digital Yuhan will negate one of Bitcoin's major flawbacks, anonymity for the customer or the user. So in Bitcoin, cryptocurrency, you can have, you can be anonymous. Well, the government says we'll issue our own, but there goes your anonymity. We can control it. And if your social media posts aren't up to snuff, we can turn it off too. If your social media is not up to snuff, we can turn off your currency just like we can turn off your damn electricity and your electric car, so forth and so on. This is just how I think because I'm a tyrant. But this goes into my conversation about social currency. If your social media posts are a little bit out of whack, so is your electric car use. So is your electric currency use, right? Oh, we don't like what you're saying. You don't get to drive your car today. <laughs> All right. So the tangible things that you that gives you control, most people don't have it. So they're willing to give the control to people who are going to give them something. But then it comes at a price. It comes at a price. And that price is you don't have control anymore. So this is the mindset that I want to get you in here, here, here. You're thinking your building's burning. They're changing the direction of things. They're initiating some of these things. They may make it seem like it's going to be easier for you to use because you have your phone and your card. But eventually down the line, then they'll start to establish control or forms of punishment and not giving you access to it. So um, anyway, man, these are the things I want to talk about today. Uh, so if you're not in this mind frame, I think you're behind. That's just what I'm saying. And if you're still on, they need to correct the, the things in the past. If, if you don't understand what a reset is, that means they are resetting what they did from the past and going on to the future. Like they're going to say, just like when a woman or a man says, you know what? Let's let the past be the past. Let's give each other a clean slate. Yes, I cheated on you, but give me a clean slate. Moving forward, we won't bring that back up. We're now going and resetting the past and going to the future. That is what their mindset is. We're get, Whatever y'all did to each other in the past, that's in the past. We're now going to the future. They're wiped the slate clean of all these things. This is just what I'm trying to instruct or inform you so you can make your own conscious decision on what you want to live by. I think people are making a hell of a lot of mistakes living in the past. Am I, am, he says, new safe game. Yep, like the forgiving the student loan. Oh, okay, I think they made a classic mistake with student loan debt. All right, they definitely did. So now they're trying to correct it. Okay, look, I got to get over to these super chats, and then I'm going to do point number three. All right, thank you for the contributions, man. All right, I'm trying to work hard for you guys to give you perspective. I know some of these points are long, but. Let me sign in to uh, YouTube and see if I can, if they are letting you still super chat over there. They like this. New, 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 new world order. All right. Shout out to you. And uh, I could be wrong. All right. Are you willing to bet that I'm wrong? That's it. For people that say I'm wrong, are you willing to bet me? 
That's let's put your money where your mouth is. Are you willing to bet that I'm wrong? Let's go ahead and put a bet. Okay, we got um, did I get I got Force India? Abel returns to Eden. He says, Jesus to my mother. He says, quote, who's my mother? Who are my brothers and sisters? Those who follow me are my friends. Blood means nothing. Blue pill as he says, black pill is F. He says, he says, family and family means nothing. I, I think family are are good for certain things, but I think we lean too hard on family when in fact most of you were your family's only hope. <laughs> most of you, your family's only hope. Like without you, your family could lean on nothing. And if you're that person, you look at family a lot more different. You look at them in the parasitic way. You're like, man, I can't help all of y'all. But if you're the person that needs, if you're the person that needs somebody else in your family to actually survive and all that stuff into your adulthood, you look at family quite different. Hey, man, we're blood. Nah. Nah. <laughs> all right. El Chingon. And this is not a diss to my family. But what I'm saying is I think people lean in and hold on to family way too much. Way too much because they really ask yourself, what real benefit do they give you? Just do a self inventory. It's different for everyone. It's do just do an inventory. That's all I'm saying. Shout out to Elching Gone. He says, Sup coach, haven't donated in a while. My work mentor is 40. And the other day I heard a customer hit on him and she was like, You're 40. I'm 40. Damn. I tell you, man, that's exactly, I tell you what's coming. A lot of women use that. Well, you're 40. We're the same age. and We could be a power couple. Dude, that is one of the biggest traps out there. That person is going to be absolutely useless to you. They'll be good for about a year or two, but they're going to go ahead and all of a sudden she's going to get laid off on her job. She's going to be a temp. She's going to go back to school. All right, let me go back to school. I need to get a little few more credits so I can get my master's of education from the university of you name it. Oh, I need a few more credits. <laughs> All right. And then she's sucking off student loans. All right. Where are we at here? No government name. CGA, you're not joking about the difference in mindsets. My family is from the Cary Caribbean. Let me stop saying Cary beans. And my ancestors freed themselves from slavery. I was always told growing up to not depend on white folk to save me, but on myself instead. Also, CGA, will you be, cover be covering the BWs having the highest eviction rate? actually covered that i think yesterday somebody brought it up and i actually referenced an article saying they've always had the highest eviction rate never been any different so it's different now because the economy is crashing and they're soft girl erroring and they're discovering their femininity not at the barbarians at the gate but this is shouldn't come as a surprise to most people but uh if you look at the book thomas soul was breaking it down and i've only listened to the video so i will be frank i haven't read the book but the book basically was saying the Caribbean people who freed themselves for slavery had this I don't need white folk mentality and they lifted themselves up as opposed to the southern blacks who were who, who got freed from slavery themselves. They didn't free themselves, but they were freed in theory and basically hoodwinked and bamboozled from continually. But they hung around low aspiring rednecks and your education came from the people who are around you, the white rednecks. That's basically what the context of the books was. And they were, they were, he was noting the difference in 150 years of those two people. And I was like, God dang. I mean, listen, you can disagree with it if you want, but it's a whole book he wrote. And I believe the book was Black Rednecks, White Liberals or something like that. 
And I'm going, that that's actually <laughs> right. It's actually like wow. Like, I mean, if you think about it, yeah. And then I think uh, you know, that he drew a couple of more parallels. The, the book is goes into greater detail. Don't just use my synopsis. Somebody say, I have that book and it's awesome. Don't use my synopsis. Go ahead and read the book. I just use it as reference. All right. And that reference to me stuck with me. I was like, oh, damn, that makes sense. And one more thing about that. Southern blacks, Southern blacks are the people who are in the Midwest now. So the Southern blacks that stay are the Southern blacks there. But the, the people that are in the Midwest and the Northeast, they directly came from the Southern blacks. And what tended to happen, I showed you this video called How to Market to the Negro. Sorry for the white folks listening to this conversation. Well, it was your fault anyway. But anyway, the migration in the 40s into the 50s were from the South to the Northeast and the Midwest. And what they eventually did was they replicated their lifestyle from the South and made it Midwest. Like if you go to mid, if you go to Midwest cities, and even Los Angeles had this migration as well. People came from Arkansas to Los Angeles, right? In the 60s. Then what happened after that? Watch riots because of this new culture of people in a new town and everybody's got to adjust to each other. Well, this Southern lifestyle was brought, this is not that long ago, this Southern lifestyle was brought to the Midwest. So were the education, so was the mindset of let's keep four and five generations of people in one house like we did in the South. It don't work there. This is a city now. <laughs> That it don't work there no more. You can't have the uncle living up in the house in the back of the house now. We, we live in the city. It's more expensive. We don't live in the country no more. Where there's two, three, four, five generations of people living in the house. That's kind of similar to people that migrate from Mexico or, or, or South America. They come here and they're in Los Angeles and they're like, we just going to kick it. No, that ain't going to work. We in Los Angeles now. <laughs> We're in the city now where everything's expensive as F. If you want to do that, go back to where you were from, unfortunately, because you're not going, you're going to, you're going to be, you're going to be a drain or you're not going to get the results you want. You're not going to get the results you want living three, four, five generations in one house. I guarantee you, your family is going to just repeat that and repeat that and repeat that. And as you're repeating that, repeating that, repeating that, it comes, it becomes substandard, but inflation goes up. Cost of living goes up. It doesn't stay at the same level when you decide it. We're going to all save money and rise up together. No, because at that time, the economics have changed. I was watching something. And they said in the video, they was talking about the Atari 2600. And they said the Atari 2600, when it rolled out in the late 70s, early 80s, cost $125. Now, that might not sound like a lot, but they said in today's money, it's $800. So that's a principle of economics called inflation. What costs something in one period, 50 years later, it almost quadruples, if not quintuples. I don't even know what it is. So if you decide you're going to live in this standard today, 10 years, 15, 20 years down the line, it's now substandard. You see what I'm saying? This is what I'm saying. So you might, but 10 years, 20 years go by and you wonder why you didn't get ahead 
because now you're substandard. It was standard when you decided to do it. 20 years, 25 years down the line, it is now substandard. Somebody says, so you need to be above average at all times. <laughs> at all times. Whatever the average is, you need to be trying to separate yourself from that. If you want to be average, tomorrow you're going to be below average. Just by principles of time, economics, just by principle of what changes, how things. If you don't, <laughs> I'm just telling you. If you don't, if you're average today, tomorrow you're below average. If you're standard today, tomorrow you're substandard. That's how you must be thinking. Now, is that fair? I'm not here to debate if it's fair or not. I don't hear to debate if it sucks or not. It's life. But your choice will determine where you're going to be in the next 10 or 20 years. Okay. He says, because you're living on the currency period. Yeah. So your choice is this. Your choice is this. You can go. You can leave. You can leave the game. You can hop off the hamster wheel. You can give up. You can go live like either you're in a bomber in the middle of Montana in a one-bedroom shack. You can go live off the grid. You can go live somewhere else. But what they're doing here, they're not stopping the train. And this is what you have to know. They're, <laughs> they're not stopping this bullshit. If you think they're going to say, ah, let's stop the bullshit. Let's stop the economic system. Let's stop capitalism. Let's stop. They're not stopping it. And it's only going to get worse. <laughs> it's only going to get worse. You can leave. But like we tell Californians, you can leave, but you can't come back. So when you're a Californian, it's expensive here. And you go live in Arizona. Guess what? When you try to reintegrate into California, you're going to get ran over. Everybody knows that that has ever left California and left. And then they tried to come back. When you went to Arizona, you had your, your big ass mansion. You were a $30,000 a year millionaire. You had boats and jet skis and you had Mercedes Benz C classes, lowered at tenant windows. And you was living the life in the middle of the desert. And then you was like, man, this is boring. I want the life back in California. And you took your ass back to California and you were $30,000 broke. <laughs> and then you went you went back from a mansion to a one-bedroom apartment. And your ass had to start back over. Start back over. So anyway, that's how it works. Same thing with New York and Florida. Same thing with Chicago and Arizona. Same thing with those same people that say it's too expensive to live here. They move. They become wealthy for their area. And then it's boring. You're like, oh, my God, California, I miss it. You run your ass back, and guess what? You can't survive no more there. <laughs> All right. Anyway, 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 anyway. So it's the game. You can stop playing if you want. All right. But it ain't stopping. All right. Let me get in here. Smell my finger. Shout out to uh, Mr. Donald W. He says, new apartment, a new job, making 75K a year, free agent for life. All right. Shout out to you. Where we at here? Uh, is it Detwine, Detwine, or Detwine? I think it's Detwine. Much love and respect for this message. D in the building. Shout out to Heavy D. All right. Matt got camera says, uh, get me 
get me order coach headed to get my registration or you, i think you said got me go get your registrations man i mean listen if your car is not registered don't drive it lawrence mack says you're right 18 to 45 flies by time management is key Dude, i felt like i was just 20 something not that long ago and in general if you're 25 40 is in 15 years okay there's there's a lot of difference between 25 and 40, but there ain't a lot of time in between that. So don't think because you're a young head now, I'm 24, I'm 25, I'm good. 40 gonna come up. It's not that far away. Smelling my finger, sis. Shaking my head, church won't. Church would save more lives with this message. Yeah, but church, I'm not welcome to church anymore. Because church is about um, church is built on the guilt system. Church, and I heard somebody say this, church is benefits people by feeling, making them feel guilty about themselves, that they're a sinner and that they've done less and they've done far less and damn shame on you. And so they benefit from you from being guilty where I'm trying to empower you and separate you and put you on a higher platform. But it is a lesson of guilt in there too, but I don't penalize you for feeling guilty. I basically just say, well, you ain't got no time to feel guilty. Let's go. All right. So anyway, they want to make you feel less than when you walk in the door. Or you got to come in, put your head down, and there's a man, man, man above you, and there's a man even above him, and I feel guilty. And yet, that's their whole thing. That's their whole game. He also says a customer willing to pay more is a consistent one. That's a beautiful message right there. A customer willing to pay more is a consistent one. I love that. Everett Walker says, Blue Chip Mindset is my favorite stream, CGA. Thanks for all that you do. Well, I only talk about women, right? Yep. Jack Vendetta, he says, what do you think about silver and gold for savings? Yeah, I mean, it's always going to be there. I don't know. We're not, we're so far off the gold standard that now we're going in. I mean, we got off the gold standard and now we're, and now we're kind of held by the Federal Reserve, which they're going to raise interest rates today. I hope you guys know it's going to affect you today, what they're doing. And then now, if they go into digital currency, are these tangibles going to be necessary? Uh, I, I, In my belief, they'll always be necessary, but they may not be necessary in, in any given time today. Only if the system collapses will it be very much necessary that you have the silver and gold. Right. So the rates are about to pop up today could be potentially by a full point, which would be the first time in history that they raised it. At that point, and if they do, I mean, that's going to have consequences, you're going to face those consequences and feel that for the next five to 10 years. Especially if you don't have your ish straight. Somebody says it will collapse. Uh huh. All right, I'm gonna get the PayPal. I got you guys. I got you guys. Uh, Pindar says student loan forgiveness equals printing money. Yep. So it's going to be a penalty to you. You might get $10,000 um, wiped away, but you'll pay it back. Okay, like I tell you, uh, people who collect child support end up paying it back to the system anyway. Like you pay it back. I'm sorry, people who, yeah, people who collect child support and finessing guys for $6,000 a year, you end up paying it back in some form or fashion, meaning your kids become nobodies and you end up supporting them well until their 30s and 35s. You pay the money back, just like student loan forgiveness, you might think you're getting the $10,000 deficit but um, deficit wiped away, but they will put it back in the form of taxes. They're not dumb. They don't give away free money, and then it will cause hyperinflation, and you'll pay it back, just like when you got that 
um, those uh, stimulus checks for fifteen hundred bucks. They raised the gas prices thereafter. The gas prices all of a sudden went up. The cost of food all of a sudden went up. And then all of a sudden, that $1,500 was basically negative $1,500. <laughs> and you pay taxes on it. Stop. Listen, I'm a tyrant. I know how this works. I make you guys think you're getting a benefit, but then I back end you in a situation where you don't realize there's a back end. You're going to pay it back. There's no such thing as a free lunch. There's no free money. Stop believing that. And this is what makes me get my political ideology is because I know the tricks. I know the rabbit out of the hat. I know the banana up the tailpipe. Pause. I know how it works because I have a tyrannical mindset in the God complex myself. So I know how to swindle people. (laughs) I know how to stab people in the back. I know how to give them over here. Look over here. I do this to my dog every day. I get the dog a treat. I do like this. I get them waving at it. And then the, my dog, Nova's like, <laughs> Nova has a YouTube channel now. <laughs> but Nova's like this. <laughs> and then I do like this. I put it in my, I put it so it's, it's hidden by my forearm. And then Nova <laughs> starts sniffing. And then I show it again. And Nova's like. <laughs> and then I act like I throw it over here and I put it under this armpit. And then I show Nova like this. I used to do this to my kids. <laughs> what? 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 Then I threw like this, throw my hand over here. Then I pull it out like this. Nova thinks I'm great. Then I give Nova the treat. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> Nova happy that I finally gave her the treat after showing her the tricks. Trick or treat. <laughs> you see what I mean? This is all what they're doing to you. But listen, this, this is why they, this is why I don't get popular here. New, 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 new world order. And then you go run and vote for Biden. And then you go run and vote for Trump acting like they're going to fix it. And all they're doing is just waving the <laughs> waving the treat in front of you, $10,000 off your student loan, uh, stimulus check. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. At the end of it, you got to go get your own out here, man. You got to go get your own and insulate yourself from the bullshit. Remember, in the burning house, I left all the race issues and all that bullshit and marriage. I left it all behind. Y'all can have it. What I'm going to focus on is this. Because this is what matters. I know people don't like this message, man. Hey, man, let me get let me get over to uh, who is this? Let me check Venmo and then PayPal. P- PayPal people are like, hurry up. C Dub says uh, regarding the U.S. digital currency in the next year, the app is called Fed Now and is coming out next summer. The possible blockchain used for payments is XRP, XLM, Algo, and CPH, which is Cypherium. Buying up while it's cheap, people. Buy it up while it's cheap. He putting you on game. And I know some people are like, nah, it ain't going to be that. Okay. Well, what's the point? It's that cheap discount now. Why not get it now? Why not get it now? PayPal, let me catch up, brothers. The reason why I be doing PayPal late B is because um, they're signing. They be kicking me off. They be. Oh, have you guys noticed again uh, the whole thing about the metaverse? Remember that? Oh, metaverse, 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 and digital currency. Do you realize how much we depend on their digital currency now? Like when you think about PayPal, Cash App, debit card, Super Chat, video game, video game currency, COD currency, NBA 2K currency, Madden currency. We doing it now. We're here. We're here. How many times have you whipped out cash? Okay. What? How many times have you whipped out cash? 
I mean, very, very rare. So you're in it. And you ain't getting out of it. That's the thing. You ain't getting out of it. Try it. That's the that's that's always my that's all my thing. Try it. Try not to use a digital currency today. And say, I'ma only use cash. <laughs> so that means we're here. You're in it. So that's your test method. All right. So, so let me see here. Did I get gym status? I got you already. But uh, oh, he says the term incel and virgin are used as insults. However, Western women are a prize. They come into your life and then consume and destroy. They mingle with them. He says mingle with them if you must, but keep them at arm's length. Get fit, get money. TGA equals the GOAT. Okay. Uh, Jim Status also said, yeah, we're, we got a bunch of these. So before I get to my last point, but remember, we're doing three hours today. Somebody says, I use cash every day. Use it exclusively. That's the point. Use it exclusively every day. Like, say I'll never use anything but cash. I mean, I still use cash, but it's mostly times I'm trying to give my valet an extra 40 bucks to put my car up on top. <laughs> right? So that means it's kind of an underworld thing. He also says, I'm white-skinned, but my dad is the same color as Will Smith and or Malcolm X. He's very successful in America with multiple convenience stores. And he's from a poor farm in the Dominican Republic. Again, that's a Caribbean mindset. And those guys have a mindset where they're they're absent of white folks helping them. They're like, we don't want that. Uh, Grease Man, Texas, I got you all already, brother. So now I know how I know where I might my where I know where my bookmark is now. Hold on for a second. Sorry about this. All right, so we got Rick. I can't say your name yet. No government name. It's Tyrone. He says, I'm half Caribbean and half Southern black. Thomas Sowell is right about the dramatic differences between the two black cultures. Man, well, I, you know, some people hate that he's right. But uh, if you think about it, you can see it in real time. You can be like, yeah, I can actually see it. Because some Caribbean people come on here with hope, where some people who are descendants FBAs, we have less than hope. We have less than hope. We're like, it's impossible. Neil Armstrong in the building, he says, we are in a globalized economy, so people should stop using their location as an excuse. Wow, you can provide a service or a product almost anywhere in the world. Your location is a, only a hurdle. He says, your location is only a hurdle. Get over it. Make money, not excuses. I almost finished listening to all the Blue Chip Mindset series. Thanks, CGA. That is absolutely true. And actually, it's more beneficial to go global than local. Like, if you're a personal trainer, I started seeing that personal trainers were making double and triple what I were making when they went online. I actually knew a guy that had boot camps, and he killed his whole boot camp business to go online training. And he was killing it doing boot camps. He, he was always busy. I was like, why would you do that? Now, he, he was like, I can make way more money online. We got five more we'll get back. And so for the men who want to make excuses for per se, I mean, go ahead. But I don't think it's going to be helpful for you because we're changing so fast. Uh, my man's name is, is it Daily? He says, hey, coach, modern men are marrying girls that even Jesus, Jesus himself 
would have called dogs written in Matthew 15 and 21. Oh, the B word means female dogs. He also ignored people that would get him off of his mission and said he was about his father's business in Luke. Damn, you dropping the Bible here. The book also talks about how women were created for men, not men for women. That's in 1 Corinthians. And the Bible is the biggest red pill book. And Jesus was not a nice guy. He was a reasonable guy. And I'm under the impression that Jesus was not considered a nice guy. As a matter of fact, he was well hated. And also his homeboys turned against him when they, when they tapped his ass on that cross. His homeboys were not there. And this is the story of the person who betrayed him, Judas the betrayer. I mean, it was what it was. And I also think that, um, unfortunately, I've expressed this opinion. I think that they would do the same to him if he did return in the right context, right? If he returned and said, I'm here to save you people. Uh, the, the culture we live in now, it would, the liberals would definitely tap his ass back on that cross. They'd be like, oh, you failed. Uh, let me help you back up. They would not be in favor of him. Even though they say they are, they would not be. In, in my opinion, this is just my opinion. They would tap him back up there. And I'm being nice. Just the way he operated, he operated in the Bible, the way he operate here, they'd be like, you know what? We thought you wanted you back, but get back up there. No government name. And I know people, no, not me. No. PayPal, have my super chat. Hold, son. What? Oh, okay. This is Neil Arshaw. He says, I sent it during the Blue Chip Mindset series. Thanks for everything, coach. I finally, kept, I finally called up. I finally called up. Uh, we got SAU doubling up, and then we got one more, and then we'll get back. Morning, Coach. I uh, He says, one day I realized my whole family had betrayed me, so I cut them off, even blocked my own mother, F them all. He says, you either with me or against me. In, in every family, there's really only one really successful person in the family, all right? And everybody else rides that person. It could be the patriarch. It could be the father. Sometimes it could be the mother in rare instances. Sometimes it could be one brother who showed a, a significant prowess, but most everybody else is parasiting off of probably one, if not two successful people. Everybody else, just an example of that, when that person dies and they don't carry that legacy on, everything collapses. <laughs> so if you are that person who's the top dog, you, you have a different mindset about family. All right, shout out to uh, SAU says, coach, should I elevate my status by renting in the better neighborhood? I can afford it, he says, uh, or still be living way below my means. Thank you. Well, there's a point. See, here's the thing about money. You got to spend it. The economy, our economy depends on money being spent. And a lot of times we focus too much on saving, 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 saving. And this is a period where we should be saving, saving, saving. But sometimes you got to think about peace of mind. Sometimes you got to spend. And in order to get peace of mind, you got to spend. To me, peace of mind is everything. Peace of mind trumps everything. I want, this is why in my book, the subtitle was Peace, Quiet, and Freedom. I need peace of mind. And I, I will spend on peace of mind before I go spend on weed and 40 ounces. <laughs> I'm, I need that. I need that because that's, I know eventually I'm going to turn that peace of mind into success. 
But if I don't have peace of mind, I'm a grumpy ass dude and I'm already grumpy. If I don't feel protected and secure, if I don't have my space, I'm not going to win. And then that means I'm going to, if I feel like I'm losing, you're the target. If I'm, if you're close to me, you're the target. Uh, there's a phrase. Um, it, you can either win with me or you can lose, but I'm not, he said, wait a minute, I, I messed that up. I messed it up. I'll come back to it. But I think it's something like you can either win with me or you can win without me, but I'm not going to lose. I don't care what it is. But look, you're not going to be with me and I'm losing. But but I'm not going to lose in this life. So I'm going to X your ass out before I lose in life. I'm going to X your ass out before I lose. If you are no benefit to me, if you are dead weight, I don't care who the hell you are. I don't. I had this conversation. People think I'm hard on you. I'm hard on my kids. I'm hard on my family. I'm hard on my mom. If I believe they're forcing me, causing me to lose, I'm be like, y'all got to get out of the way. Mm. <laughs> y'all got to go, man. Somebody, something got to give. And they be mad as hell. You calling me dead weight? Look. <laughs> Hitch your wagon to this star or get away from me. Period. I had to get rid of my ex-wife. It was the same thing. I was like, you costing me more than I, I ain't going to make it with you. So I was like, I got, I got to go. I can't carry your ass. Especially, here's the thing. They want you to carry them, but they dead weight like this. Or they're bucking and you're trying to carry them. They're bucking like this, and you trying to hold them. You like hold still. Well, you gotta carry me. No, 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 no. If I carry you, you better carry portion of your weight. I'm not about to drag nobody's ass dead weight. The first time I've ever felt real dead weight. If you've never felt a dead weight, it was when my 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 ex or my baby mama was delivering. Um, our children. If you've never felt dead weight, you don't even know what it is. Um, the first time I've ever felt what dead weight is like is when she got an epidural during the delivery. And I was there holding up one of her legs because what happens is they, they shoot the, you know, the anesthesiologist will shoot the venom in, in, in their, in their back and paralyzes, essentially paralyze them from the waist down. And, you have to hold the leg. They were like, oh, hold one of her legs up. And she's not, she wasn't big. She wasn't heavy, but she could not lift her leg at all. There's no assistance. So I went to grab her leg as if she was going to assist a bit. And I picked it up and there was no assistance. And I was like, shit. Uh, I was like, what the heck? I never felt what dead weight meant until that point. There was no assistance. There was no leverage. There was no nothing. She could do nothing. And I picked up a not very big leg and there was no help. Okay. So that is what dead weight is. And that's what a lot of your closest family members are to you or your closest friends. They're dead weight. They offer no assistance to you and they are of no benefit to you. And as thus, if you can part ways with them, you only need three people in your life. You don't need 50, 11. You don't need the whole damn family. You need only a couple people, and you need to push forward. Peace of mind is everything, okay? Mm. Somebody said you cold-blooded. I am. 
But if you realize most successful people are cold-blooded, without that, without, and also saying it's lonely at the top. If you think it's going to be a party at the top, you're going to find that those people are going to be broke in five years trying to party with people who ain't at the top with them. <laughs> okay. I'm try- it's my mindset. It's my mindset. And as a result, I want you to backtrack. Ten years ago, I was homeless. Ten years ago, I, my family was falling apart. Ten years ago, my career, I did a dramatic career shift. And I was broke. And I said to myself, back then, I will not be back here. Whatever it takes for me to never be here again, I will do it. Because mm. <laughs> I learned. But at that point, I was 35, 36 years old. And I tried to do it everybody's way. I tried to tap dance and I tried to make these people happy. I tried to do this. I tried to do that. I tried to all of this shit. And I realized it led me to brokenness. And I was like, I will blame nobody for this. I will blame nobody for this condition that I'm in. I will blame nobody for this condition that I'm in other than myself. I caused this. And you know what? I will never let this happen to me again. I will never let this happen to me again. Huh? You hear me? (laughs) I will never let this happen to me again. And whatever it is that needs me to get there, that's my mindset. Forget it. And I went 100%, 100% head first forward from that point forward. I ain't never living in the back of this shit no more. (laughs) All right. Anyway. And if I got to step on people, if I got to run over people on the way on my path, if you're standing in the middle of the road and you're going to blockade me and stop me from my progress to have me feel good about you for about uh, six months, it ain't on a damn radar. Get off my damn GPS. Get off my damn GPS. Get out of my way. I'm not slowing down. You see what I'm saying? This is what my mindset is, and this is what I'm trying to pass on to you. I don't have time for the bullshit. The other stuff is bullshit. Will I die alone? Maybe. But shit, I won't even be thinking about it when I'm dead. Hold on for a second. Y'all think dead people still thinking about them dying alone. They dead. You think dead people sitting around going, how come nobody showed up to my funeral? They're not thinking. (laughs) They don't have thought anymore, meaning they don't have consciousness anymore, meaning they don't have life. I'll think about that when I'm dead. And I ain't going to be thinking about it. I'm going to be dead. (laughs) Dead people don't tell no tales and they don't think. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. All right. Anyway, we're just having fun. Can y'all handle this? I mean, I'm on a, I'm in, I'm a, what did they call it? I'm in a lane of my own. Give me my mural in. <laughs> All right. Anyway. All right. Uh, let's talk about this. What are we doing here? I got a little bit more for you. We got 30 minutes left. What is this right here? Okay. We got the idea of the 24 hour rule. So I won't rehash that. What I'll talk about is this. I'll talk about this. 
let me see number it says point number four but it'll be really be three uh use every single one of your advantages he says coach is already dead <laughs> all right <laughs> i'm dead on the inside i don't have no feelings inside uh even even shaka khan wanted that you ain't got no kind of feeling inside yeah she wrote that song for me tell me so yeah Hey, hell with the feelings. I ain't got no time for that. <laughs> right? Where we at? Use every single advantage that you have. All right. So what are the type of advantages that you have here? We'll go through this quickly. Um, guys, men, you're uh you're built for work. I mean, I don't know if you guys know physically, you're built to labor, you're built to uh have ambition, you're built to have a vision, and people lean on for you for that. That's what women find attractive when you have those things. So never feel that you're at a disadvantage for that. That's a great advantage for you. You're built for great. Shouldering of loads, pause. Not taking loads, but you can shoulder a lot of loads. We're built, uh, we're built, even if you're a small guy, you're built to pick up things and move things and create things and um organize things. I remember my movers, she they brought moving truck. There was three guys, not a lot of education, not a lot of articulate conversation, but these guys packed up my house like a Tetris and put it in the truck. Okay. I was like, damn. Somebody said, why you don't do panels? Because I don't get paid from it. <laughs> why would I do panels? <laughs> why would I do panels? They don't pay me to be over there talking. The fuck? <laughs> I'm going to show up with eight people in the box. Why? That's a waste of my damn time. Anyway, I saw these men, these gentlemen, sit over there, um, and it would degrade my brand. But anyway. <laughs> All right, anyway, um, I saw these three non-educated men pack up an entire house like Tetris and put it in there, and I was impressed. I was absolutely impressed. I was like, God dang, that's, that's impressive that they can do that. It's impressive that they can do that and, and pack up my truck, and they don't have a lot of education, but that's what men are able to do. Okay, men are able to do these things, and not only that, you're able to do it for a long period of time. So whatever advantage that you have, Use it. If you find a lane, use it. If you find a niche, use it. If you are built good genetically and you can convince people that they can get, um, you can convince non-great genetic people to get fit, do it. Use what you have to your best ability because that those are your tools. Imagine you guys acting like you don't have any tools. It's amazing to me. You guys have a great amount of tools and you got to find a way to use it to your advantage in order to be successful. All right, I, I told the analogy of the guy who um, in the hood can do all these backflips, right? He's all, he's backflipping off the top of buildings. He's 11 years old. He's built like a rock already, stocky dude. And um, 20 years later, he had to, and he in front of the 7-Eleven in West Virginia doing the same backflip trip. All right, and he could do it drunk. He could do it. He could do it smoking weed high. He missed out on using his greatest tools and he was gifted them at a young age. But what he needed was the vision or we, he needed people around him that had the vision to give him and put him in the right situation. And they all would have capitalized and won. But instead, everybody was still in the same country ass mindset, watching him do bat flips on pissy mattresses and clapping for hood claps. When he could have been an Olympian. He could have got a scholarship. He or she. That would have required him to move away from his family. But no, nah, y'all wanted to keep him close. 
there was a single mother that could not let that young boy go because she was so codependent. Instead, she crippled him instead of putting him in the best position to monetize and maximize his tools. This is what family does to you. See, he's too young to realize he had great advantages and tools, right? But there were people around him, but they couldn't let go. They couldn't let the kid go to Florida and um and get trained by the best of the best and then become an Olympian and get, come back with gold medals. They couldn't do it. Instead, he became the next George Floyd. You see what I'm talking about? This is what I'm talking about. This is all a mindset. And if your standard today, that means tomorrow you can't provide your kids or your family members the opportunity to become great because you're standard today. Because when the opportunity comes, it knocks on the door. It don't ask you, are, are you ready? It asks you, are you, it asks you, are you ready? And then it gives you the opportunity. It don't let you get ready. Opportunity's here. It don't knock on the door and say, all right, it's time to get ready. It's here. So now this is why I don't want to live standard. I want to have a little bit just in case, just in case I got to use one of my tools to start creating something for myself. I got to go, oh, man, the opportunity's here. That's when you have luck, which is preparation and opportunity meeting. Okay, now it's luck. Let me tell you something. When I started YouTube, I had prepared to become a YouTuber years ago. So this is why I was able to do it so quickly and rise up because I was already recording myself. If you go back and you've been following me, I was already recording myself. I had already discovered YouTube and I discovered their tagline, which was broadcast yourself. I was already doing Photoshop. I was already doing editing of films. I had already had those tools. I was already editing films for college basketball. We were using editing software. I already knew what time it took to edit. I already was doing Photoshopping and cropping. And I was already doing that. I was already preparing myself to be able to speak in public. I was already doing a job that spoke in public. So guess what happened? Opportunity hit. Time went forward. YouTube became a thing. And bam. I could use all of those tools that I was already comfortable with doing, not only comfortable, I was already patient enough to understand what it took to edit a video. I was already doing it so that when the opportunity came, I didn't have to learn from the beginning. And then I didn't have to go, oh, editing sucks. Photoshop sucks. Making thumbnails suck. Talking sucks. I'm afraid of talking. By that time, I was already doing it. So then when the opportunity came and knocked on the door, I could already go, bam, plug right into it. That's taking advantage of your advantages. And that's being having the presence of mind to say, now there's an opportunity and everything else doesn't matter. Nothing else matters because the opportunity is here so that if you're trying to not help me with this opportunity, you got to go. You got to go because here it is. I got to walk through the door. The door is there. The door is open. Now you want me to stay behind and not walk through the door. Or you want a crab in the barrel mentality and not want me to walk in the door. You want me to go back and focus on your bullshit because you're not ready for this opportunity and not let me walk through the door. It's too late. I got to walk through this door. And the door is only so wide. And the door is only going to be open for so long. And I got to go now. I got to go now. And guess who else got to go? You. Nope. You got to go. <laughs> you got to go.
because here it is. I can only walk through this door. This only open for so much time. And a lot of you guys have the opportunity knocking and you don't take it because you don't like the opportunity because maybe time there's work involved in it. Or maybe times it's not the opportunity you want. Unfortunately, sometimes that opportunity leads to the next opportunity. Did you guys realize that? This door opens and leads to the next door. Just like when I was coaching and doing all these things with basketball. And my coaches would be like, edit this film. Oh, man, I don't want to edit this film. Well, that door opened up this door. Okay. That door opened up the next door because now that I was comfortable with editing and all that stuff, I do it like the back of my hand. I can jump on and say, jump on Final Cut Pro, and I can do it with one hand while I'm doing something else. And go, go, boop, 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 hit all the damn shortcuts, boop, 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 edit a film in 15 minutes, boom, upload it, another 10 minutes. Now you got a vlog, just like that. So it's about taking advantage of your opportunities, right? What about this um, 24 hours? I'll talk about this real quick. What are you going to do? So what's your solution? Any solutions yet, coach? Uh, what about this? Create a vision board. If you don't have a vision board, a physical vision board, have a visual vision board, a digital one. Tumblr, Pinterest, Instagram. These are all vision board opportunities for you. You don't have to make it public. You can keep it to yourself. What do you want your life to look like? Put it on the vision board. Okay, that's the number one. Number two, start networking. Instead of going out, hanging on the corner, selling rocks and smoking weed, it's going to get you nowhere. Start networking, get you three MFers to take you to the top, all right? Hone in on your skills. What is your skills, all right? I don't know what it is. I can't answer that question for you, okay? But hone in on what those skills are. You all were born with a skill set or you inherited a skill set or you learned a skill set. Hone in on it. Somebody even said this, go digital, go global, and that's where the money is. Now, you guys are watching people go global right now. I was a well-known person in Newport Beach until I started doing YouTube. Now I'm well-known around the world. Somebody pulled up on me at the gas station yesterday. <laughs> he pulled up. I was ready to go get the jammy. I was like, hey, hey, hey. I went to the small of my back like this. And he knew my whole damn name. He was like, what's up, coach? I was like, hey, what the hell is this? <laughs> back up. I was thinking the PNB rock. But the reality is you're global. And you're you might not be uh, known when you go global, but your pre your product does. <laughs> All right, I'm filling up at the gas station. I was like, "Yo, yo, 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 yo!" Oh, hold up. He was a cool. He was a cool dude. Cool dude. Uh, here it is. Go back to the fundamentals. Go back to the fundamentals. I'm gonna play two clips for you. Uh, fundamentals are everything. So, uh, in basketball, we teach fundamentals. In any sports, they go back to fundamentals, right? They teach you dribble, pivot jump stop, you know, all those things that coach rails on you for pass with two hands, catch with two hands. Um, most of the time you can get away with not catching with two hands. You can get away with not jump stopping. Sometimes you can get away with not pivoting the right way. However, in a crucial moment where it matters and you try to catch the ball with one, uh, one hand and it slips off. Oh, damn coach. Well, you should have fundamentally been catching the ball with two hands. That should have been a habit, but instead you got tricky and you caught the ball, tried to catch it with one hand and it slipped or you traveled, or whatever. So what are your fundamentals in life? You guys gotta have that. If you have no fundamentals and principles and philosophies about your life, there's nothing to go back to. So then you start making in 24 hour periods, mistake, 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 and it adds up, adds up, adds up, adds up, while the other person has fundamentals of philosophy of life, and they're going 24 hour period, bang, 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 bang. They're winning more than you're losing. 
Last one is become obsessed. Become obsessed. Have an obsession about something. Okay? You guys want to be obsessed about women and think that's where your wins are. I beg to differ. I think women are a bad thing to obsess about. I think they should be obsessed about me. And if you ain't obsessed about me, we ain't got nothing. All right? You, you, I'm the star here. I'm the star. In most relationships, I'm going to be the star. That's kind of how I look at it. You're going to lean on me way more than I lean on you. Way more. It ain't even close. So with that being said, you should be obsessed about me. That's how I think about it. And if there's no obsession, there's nothing. Now, for me, in order for me to be successful, successful about something, I have to be obsessed about it. If you want to lose weight, obsession. You want to become successful, obsession. You can't be half-ass passive about it. You can't be passive-aggressive about it. You can't be halfway. You can't half-step. You can't have one foot in, one foot out. <laughs> that's that's Those are the things, man. So be obsessed about it. Let me give you a couple of examples of this one. Let me put this up. By the way, people shit on YouTubers. I don't get it to this day. I don't get it. There would be some person that says, you spend all day making all money on YouTube. I hear this in Red Pill. And Red Pill people, you are the last people to come along with this progression. You are the last dumbasses on YouTube that are still talking about. And women, too, will come over here. They'll make money. YouTube is a job. What the? <laughs> Not only is YouTube a job, it's a very wealthy one. It's the, got to be the wealthiest job there is right now. <laughs> what the fuck? How you shitting on YouTubers? It's a it's the weirdest diss ever in the red pill space is the last one to evolve in the reality sphere of this. And women are the last ones to evolve. And I'm going to tell you why women are the last ones to evolve, because YouTube is hard work. And women are the compared to the genders, women are the least successful on YouTube. They're they're the least. Why? They're good at OnlyFans and Instagram because this is all it takes. Snap, snap, upload. They're good at that. But you got to make a thumbnail. You got to have lighting. You got to live stream and talk. You got to manage donations. You got to edit. You got shit. Women. It's like 70-30 on YouTube. It's 70-30. Men are the most successful on YouTube. It might be 80-20 because of the amount of work that it takes. It's a lot of work. And this is why people are getting a lot of reward. But women will come in here. Oh, you YouTuber. Are you, <laughs> what? Let's go ahead and look at it right here. Yeah, more, more like 150 snaps. Yeah, if you look at what Fresh and Fit does, and re remember, I said they, they were going to be the next stars when they were at 50,000 subs. I was like, these people are going to be the next stars because I went to their studio and I was impressed. I was like, shit, let me tell you something. If you think you could do what Fresh and Fit does, you're out of your mind. You're out of your mind. They are above and beyond. And Myron's doing the bulk of it, but now they have a whole bunch of group of people. The dynamic between Fresh and Fit, that right there came from a lot of hard work and a lot of investment and a lot of time. If you ever is in their studio, you realize the work they're doing to put on one show. If you realize the work that I do to put on one of these shows, you wouldn't do it. You'd be like, nah, it ain't worth it. Especially when you weren't getting paid to do it, okay? He says, out of an apartment, though. Um, <laughs> I'm in a room. I'm in a room. 10 by 10. Most don't need an office. You don't need a student. See, that's what's changing about YouTube. 
You don't need a studio. You don't need you don't need a, a house. You don't need to go somewhere else. You don't need it. You could be right here. I'm in a 10 by 10 room. <laughs> you should see how small this room is. This what you see is 70% of the room. You don't need it. There's people doing it in their car, bro. You don't need you don't need that much. So that's the genius of it because now they have no overhead. Their overhead basically, he can live, he don't have any kids, he don't have a wife. He can live in another room in that one bedroom, record right out of the damn living room and the dining room together. She and he writes it off as an expense. Instead of going to a studio, renting out an office space. This is the genius behind it. This is the genius behind it. And if if we look at this, this is why knuckle draggers are slow to catch on. And um, uh, YouTube's going to go through a change where they're inviting more people on and more content. Let's take a look at this. Um, and, and black folks, you guys are guilty of this too, especially black women, not recognizing the opportunities. White folks seem to be very good at this capitalism thing. They, tr they tend to, uh, listen, white folks tend to be very good at this and it could seem cruel and it seems like they're stealing, but for some reason, they can see the monetization in something you've been doing and you don't see the monetization until they're billionaires. They will take what you doing. Oh, break dancing. Let's get a movie together. Uh, let's get a script. <laughs> they have your ass out there. <laughs> All right. They have your ass out there. Break dancing on a cardboard box. Oh, uh, we'll give you a couple of snacks for the movie. And then they run to the bank. I never hear wife up. Yeah, Vlad Vlad TV is another example. Vlad TV figured out instead of me being the rapper, why don't I carry a camera and a microphone around? I tell this to my son. I basically tell my son, hey, you're probably not going to go far in basketball, so enjoy it while you can, but make relationships with these people. Potentially, you can make an Instagram page with all these relationships with these people. You can make a bring a camera and interview these people. Know these people, know these coaches, and then you monetize them while they're trying to get a D1 scholarship. You over here monetizing them. That's the genius of taking something you're doing, your best tools, you trying to become one of many, and I become one of few. That's where it is. And unfortunately, black folks are the last one. You still dissing people making you uh making money on YouTube. Bruh, watch this. Let me just tell you, and, and, and the longer we go, because somebody's going to say, well, you don't make that amount of money. You'd be shocked at what YouTubers make, number one. Number two, YouTube is here to stay. It ain't going nowhere. Number three, the longer you wait to realize this, the, the, the more the window closes. So by the time you want to jump on board, it's too late. And black folks have a hard, black women in particular, have a hard time understanding this, but women in general do. All right, let's go to this. This is Mr. Beast. Uh, uh, here it is right here. I'm just going to say this, okay? Mr. Beast, and we're going to show you a video. 54 million. 54 million a year. Jake Paul, 45 million. And these are the people who have the extreme top. And like I'm going to tell you, you know a YouTuber right now who makes probably $50,000 a month. 
50K a month. They said Kevin Samuels was making $100,000 a month at his peak. Huh? Now, it might look like he was struggling and he had a one-bedroom apartment and he looked goofy and he had two suits. But he was making $100,000 a month. Think about that. Just pressing the live button. That's what they were saying. He was at his peak. What? Name me a job that many black men could go to right now and make $100,000 a month. I'll wait. <laughs> but you guys, sometimes, sometimes, he says, Kevin, he says, nah, Kevin look, never looked broke. Go back to his earlier videos. That was He didn't look rich then. Okay, but. How many black, let me another job black man could do that right now. And from his living room, from his dining room, and with a camera, and with no overhead, and not leaving this house. Where? I'll wait. But yet, he's a loser for making money off YouTube. This is why, this is why you guys don't progress. It's crab in the bucket. It's slow mindset. It's too late. It's not recognizing why he's doing things, why he's saying things, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Let me go ahead here. Uh, so people who use that, you make money off YouTube and you're only doing this and da, da, da. I think you guys got to be the most ass backwards people in the world. I mean, it don't make no sense. Uh, here's this guy right here, Mark Pilar, 38 million. This is off YouTube. That's all they do. And there they are in their one bedroom apartment. You think that's a studio? You think, nope. you think that's a studio? That's not a studio. That's somebody's apartment. Uh, 30 million. Uh, unspeakable, 28 million. Look at what he's doing. That's quite ridiculous myself, but uh, can I see myself doing that in two years? YouTube is a long-term game. It's not a short-term game. Don't get on here and say, I'm going to uh, have a short-term mentality about YouTube. YouTube is going nowhere. They're trying to grow and elevate, and they're trying to compete with other social media. YouTube plans to be here for 20 years. Why can't you be here for 20 years? Why can't? Why can't you? All right, uh, this woman, this young girl, 28 million. 28 million. This girl named Nastia, Nastia, 28 mil. Uh, this person, this is the person who used to be known as, I can't remember his name. He was the highest paid YouTuber for a while, this kid. And their parents realized he's got tools. We got the time. Camera, lights, camera, and action. How much? 27 million. Dude, perfect. They split this up, 20 million. They went on a tour. They went on a tour. And tour, they leased out stadiums and packed them. But here it is right here. You make YouTube money. You got to be, that. I tell you, bro. Yeah, Ryan's world was this little kid. I mean, I don't see why you're missing the opportunity. Or if you see your family member missing the opportunity, why are you crippling that person? Huh? Logan Paul, 18 million. Okay. Preston, and uh, he looks like he has some sort of studio, 16 million. Okay. Now, let's just say those are the those are the people who stand out. I want you to listen to something. Listen to this right here. Um, this is on Joe Rogan's podcast, so it might get a little bit of a, a pull down when you watch the replay, but I'm gonna fair use Joe Rogan because I gotta show you this. Now, take this mindset. Remember, I told you some people are good at seeing something and monetizing it. And then they apply job principles to it 
and then they become who it is. So we're going to reference Mr. Beast, who was on this list, and listen to him recognizing early earlier the potential of this. I don't make any money off YouTube. So if a private investigator is watching, I don't make any money. I'm trying to make my first YouTube dime. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, but Mr. Beast is number one on YouTube. He's the number one YouTuber. Okay. So think about this and listen. 54 million a year. All right. So we're going to listen to this. Uh, here he is on Joe Rogan's podcast. And this is what I do. Because I study this and I go, what about these thumbnails? And what about this? Listen to what he's saying here. Fair use, educational purposes only. This is for constructive criticism and so forth and so on. Let's listen. I thought I was going to be a loser. Well, and, and you take it a step further because I thought, the, especially if you're like extremely passionate about something at a young age, for right. most kids are, then you're even, it's more exacerbated that it's like, you know, I like I I didn't talk to anyone. I I hardly had any friends because I was so obsessed with YouTube. Obsessed. Did you see that? Obsessed. Remember I said obsession? I was so obsessed with it. Now another person might say, "Well, you're a loser for using all this YouTube and watching this blah blah blah." But he said, "You know what? There's 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 capacity here. He's the number one YouTuber." Let's get let's continue. As back then, just no one cared. So it's like, I thought I was just like, uh, just didn't even know how to speak. Like, <laughs> literally, I I just couldn't hold a conversation with a single person. because. So he didn't even have the tools. So he developed the tools. He said, you know what? I'm going to develop the tools. People would just tell me all you talk about is YouTube. And I would try to talk about something else. But back then, I was so hyper obsessed. I literally just didn't know how to. But There's going to be one person that listens to this and try to make him a loser. There's, there's one person listening to this and they're going to say, this dude's a loser. And he's the number one YouTuber. He's He makes $54 billion a year. He don't look like it either. That's the wonderful thing about YouTube or uh, you don't have to look like it. Who were you obsessed about? Were you obsessed about other channels, your channel? Everything from like learning how to editing, the pacing of the videos, like ideas, what's going viral, what's trending, what's hot. Especially back then, I had, I had no idea what worked. I mean, now Kevin Samuels was also in the Red Pill space. He was the analytical guy as well. He would always study analyticals. There's another YouTuber that studies when's the best time to post. And that, that you get the most time, you get the most hits at this time. So that's all the study behind the scenes. And you are obsessed about it and you become successful. I had to like self-teach myself everything, even, you know, frame rate on cameras, coloring of the video, just stuff like that. And how did you learn? Did you learn from YouTube? Yeah. Well, so, so like YouTube videos and tutorials or something? Most of my growth came actually after uh, I graduated high school. Basically, what I did was I somehow found these other like four lunatics. We were three of us were college dropouts. Oh, OK, OK. Now he's going to go into the three dudes that had the same mindset of success and learning and developing tools. Remember, you only need three MFers. He said, I found four other dudes that were ready to be obsessed about this. Here it comes. One was a high school dropout and one, I don't know, he just like quit his job. We were all super small YouTubers and we basically talked every day for a thousand days in a row and did. Wow. Wow. There's your 24 hour rule. 24 hour rule. We talk every day about this for a thousand days, for a thousand hours. So you think he got lucky at YouTube, but he actually studied it and he surrounded himself around people. 
I'm telling you, it all comes together. We basically just did this and we put both feet in. And everybody called us losers and dumb and all of that stuff. And guess what? He's making $54 million a year. Here we go. I somehow found these other like four lunatics. We were three of us were college dropouts. One was a high school dropout. And one, I don't know, he just like quit his job. We were all super small YouTubers. And we basically talked every day for a thousand days in a row and did nothing but just like hyper study like what makes a good video what makes a good thumbnail what what's good pacing like how to go viral and we we just call it like daily masterminds we would just get on skype every morning and like some days like i'd get on skype at 7 a.m and i'd be in the call until like 10 p.m see there you go see i dude this is what people miss out on this is the stuff i do behind the scenes and when i say i can't have dead weight i can't have distractions what's important for me this is going to benefit me down the line. He can get a relationship anytime he wants, how he wants it now. Similar to me. I can get the relationship. Sure, I could have one, but I'm going to get it how I want it because now I have the leverage. All right, continuing. And then I go to bed. I wake up and I do it again. And, you know, we do things like just take a thousand thumbnails and see if, like, there's a correlation to the brightness of the thumbnail to how many views it got. Or, like, damn, that's crazy. That's crazy. That's hyper obsession. Oh, this thumbnail is brighter. This thumbnail is darker. Which one got the most views? Wow. You know, like videos that get over 10 million views. It's like, how often do they cut the camera angles or like things like that? Really? Um, so you, you micro analyze everything. Other... Really? Yeah. Just, I mean, for like, we were very religious about it. And so that's. We were very religious about it. See, dude, he's telling you everything that applies to anything in life. Apply this to anything, not just YouTube. Apply this to anything. And many times you're going to have the formula to success, but some people wait for the opportunity and luck to show up. Some people are still waiting for reparations and you can monetize your tools, right? This is what I'm talking about. You're waiting for something to happen. That's not going to happen when you have all the time in your hands to make something happen. That's where most of my knowledge came from is I just surround myself with these lunatics and just every day, like we didn't do anything. We had no life. Uh, but everybody had sort of a similar. We had no life. We had no life. See, you guys choose life, having a life and fun and partying and drinking and smoking and going to the club and nightclubs and staying up late. You guys choose that over purpose. You guys choose that over passion. You guys choose that over obsession. And he said, I'm gonna give up all that. You guys choose that over a relationship. You try to choose a relationship over that. Oh, man, but I got to have a girl. I got to show I'm a Mac. I got to show I'm a player. Remember, that's poor mindset. Mac and player means nothing to successful people. So he said, I chose to not have a life. I chose to not smoke weed and drink and all that stuff. And I chose to look at thumbnail brightness. Vision. Yeah, exactly. So we all had like 10, 20,000 subscribers when we met. And by the time we stopped talking, we all had millions of subscribers. All right. So somebody just said he did that years ago. Exactly. And you just heard him tell you the results. I'm going to show it again because people were saying, people were saying, what's the results? He said, well, when I started off, he said, I started off and I had 20,000 subs. Now, now I'm living better now. Coogee sweater now. No life. Uh, but everybody had sort of a similar vision. Yeah, exactly. So we all had like 10, 20,000 subscribers when we met. And by the time we stopped talking, we all had millions of subscribers and we, we all hit a million subscribers like within a month. It's crazy because it's a month. God dang. A month. It's like if you envision a world where you're trying to be great at something and it's just like 
you learning and fucking up and then learning from your mistakes. Also, my mom told me not to curse. Sorry, mom. If someone could just like edit out the swear words and give it Sorry, to me. Sorry, mom. Yeah, so I could give it to my mom to listen to. That would be great. Um, but like, you know, you messed up, you learn from your mistake, you mess up, you learn from your mistake. You in two years, you know, might have learned from 20 mistakes. Or if you have like four other people who are also messing up and when they uh, learn from the mistake, they teach you what they learn. Stuff like that. Hypothetically, you two years down the road have learned like five times more of the amount of stuff. So it just like helps you grow exponentially way quicker if that makes any sense it does it yeah. does so so, so that's all i'm gonna share on that one you can check that out i'm gonna get the youtube copyright notice for sharing joe rogan on that one but um joe rogan is another example of it he did his podcast when podcasts were not very popular right he had name and tools but he did his podcast and then he turned his podcast into 260 million dollar podcast after 10 years after 10 years it didn't happen overnight for Joe Rogan. And I'm sure somebody was like, Joe Rogan, why are you doing this dumbass podcast? But you got to have the idea to go. YouTube is going to be a thing for 10 years. It's going to YouTube is going to be here for 20 years, for another 20 years. So is Spotify. And then all of a sudden, opportunity meets preparation. And then the door opens and there's luck. Some people do this fast. Some people are fast tracked and they go fast tracked. And you might not wonder, you might wonder why, why they're fast tracked. And you might hear hate and jealousy from other content creators. But behind the scenes, you don't know what they're doing every day to fast track. Okay. I'm studying thumbnails. I'm learning how to edit. I'm learning how to pull this out and do this and record that and lighting and preparation and bringing teams of people in. And then they fast track. They fast track and you behind the scenes hating on them. Oh, him fast track. But you don't know why. They fast track. You don't realize that they gave up everything to fast track. So um, anyway, use your tools to your advantage. Let me do this. Okay, let me do this. Let me go into the contributions and we are done because we're over an hour. Anyway, the Fed raised it uh, three quarters right now. Uh, so we're not at the full point. Basis point, if I'm not mistaken. Let me log into PayPal. Give you guys some love. Thanks for sharing in this time. This is why the importance of this is. And yes, I could talk more about more stuff than women because I'm passionate about more stuff than women. I'm not really passionate about women. All right. And I know that I can get, get you know what I mean? I'm not passionate about women anymore. Like there's nothing that do that really impresses or surprises me anymore. So they are who they are and I can put them in the little box. All right. When I need to have one, I have one and I go back by life. But many of you guys are still stuck in your obsession with women. And I'll tell you, I've been around here for 46 years and I've invested in a lot of women and I ain't seen one dime of rate of return in a one. Now, you might try to squeeze, turn up, squeeze uh, blood from a turn up, if you will. But I'm telling you, you wasting your time. All right. The, the rate of return is not the same as what you invest in them. And I figured that out. I broke the code on that. I found the burning house. I had the burning house and I realized the rate of return is very small in investing in them. So I'm going to invest in something else. Mm. <laughs> it's no disrespect to women, but what I'm saying is it's a poor rate of return in time, money, energy, and money, energy, attention, and time. The rate of return is poor. <laughs> so, but you can have fun with them and I will find a way to have fun if I got to go ahead and say, uh, I got money. Or so forth and so on. I can, I'm in a point where I, it's, I can't live without them, but there, it's a minuscule rate to return. Most of it is debt. 
Most of the things you're going to get from them is going to be a debt. Having kids is a debt, right? Marriage is a debt. Relationship is a debt. They're, they're a bill. And you'll lose, you'll, you'll, send, you'll plunk away hundreds of thousands of dollars by the end of it, whether you're getting them for free or not. They don't produce, they produce life, but they also produce debt. So really just figure out what it is, all right, that you want from them and whatnot. And not only that, if you're going a certain way, I know that if I'm elevating myself, they tend to want to pull me back. I know that as well. So if I had a girlfriend, you think she'd be like, oh, you're doing your morning live stream now? Let me make you a tuna sandwich So after your stream. And then when you get to your evening stream for the fifth day in a row, I'll be ready for you and we'll go have have dinner made. I'll have a woman do that for me for two months until she's like, you got to do another stream. I don't really, why you got to do another stream? What are you trying to do here? Don't you have enough? She'd be pulling me back. Oh, I ha I'll be waiting naked in the bed. So get off your stream as soon as possible. And I'll be waiting for you. She'll be walking by the door, slabbing, slamming door cabinets, trying to get my attention. Coming up here, are you done yet? Interrupting my stream, talking all in the background, asking me questions during the stream. Hey, I'm streaming here. <laughs> Do you want a little bit of pepper on your tuna fish sandwich? Get out of here. Get out. <laughs> I need to go out. You need to watch the kids. I need to go out and run errands. Can you end your stream earlier? Mm. You know I ain't lying. You know I ain't lying. She be coming in here. I'm so sick. We got to go to the emergency room. All right. Sorry, y'all. I got to end my show now. My girl's sick. Mm. Yep. She be all in the videos. Oh, I got to get something out of the closet over here. Watch out. Uh, can you can you pull your video? <laughs> Guys, this is what I'm talking about. That stuff I know is coming. It might not come in the first two months. It might not come in in the next month. And then I'll be sitting here. Why don't you help me with the? Why don't you help me with all my YouTube videos? I want you to read all the super chats. Two streams a day, three hours a day. I don't want to do all that with your man hating show, your woman hating show. All you do is hate on women. See, I'm not going to sit there and let you hate on women and re instead of instead of rolling to the bank, instead of rolling to the bank and going, oh, shit, hell yeah, let's go make this money. All you do is hate on women and I'm not going to sit there and listen to this. Dude, you can put earphones on. Who cares? If I'm a dude and I had a wife and she had a man hating show, I'm going to be up there reading the super chats. All right, let's keep hating on these men today. Uh, go in a little bit hard. Go hard on the men. Them gorilla, them eight Donkey Kong ass men out here. Mm. <laughs> yep, like PNB rocks. The woman gave up her location. Most of them don't get it. Dude, my ex-wife still talking to my son. She he makes videos hating on women. And my son actually said, Show me a video of him hating on women. She couldn't do it. Even my son realizes, yo, you mess, you so dumb. You dumb. Why you shitting on him and then trying to take him to child support court and get the money that he's making off the woman hating videos? Oh, you hate it so bad, but you want the money from it, don't you? <laughs> it's goofy. They want you to make the money, but then they mad the way you make it. Would you go sit your ass down? They can't do it. I don't know what's in their nature. 
but I've discovered it in understanding women that they will they will f up a bag. They will f up a bag. All because they don't make them feel right. You're like, okay, look at how much we made today in super chats. Yeah, but you're hating on us. It's absolutely reprehensible, and I refuse to be a part of it. As a matter of fact, I'm going to divorce you and take you to court and show how much you were a hater. You're like, what the fuck wrong with these people? Anyway, this is why I don't have one in my life because I I'm on a I'm trying to go, I'm trying to go north, and you trying to keep me back on the plantation. I don't have time. Shout out to Michael over there. Quick question regarding YouTube. Would it be beneficial to upload random bits of content to see what sticks and build a channel from there? Or would it be better to upload one type of content and see where it goes? The first, all right, I give you an example of this. I'll give you an example. We're going to be three hours and 35 minutes. Good Lord. I'm going to give you an example of what you just asked me about, okay? Bear with me. You guys don't have to stick around for this. Watch this. I'm going to show you this. So you guys know I have infinite amount of channels, all right? I got a lot of channels. None of them make any money, though. But I have this channel for two years or three years called CGA Got Game, all right? And it was a gaming channel, and I did it. This is another example of what I've been talking about. Watch this. It's been here for two years. It doesn't get that many subs or views. But this is why I sympathize for smaller channels. I did all the editing. I did all the thumbnails. I did the practice. I did the voiceovers, all of that stuff. And that's going to benefit me later, just practicing it. And it's helped me do my live streams because now I can be more efficient doing voiceovers and editing and cutting, right? So watch this. It was a gaming channel, and then it was not monetized. It was not monetized. Yes, my Nova channel will blow up. I actually is, is going to blow up. But look, I could not get this channel monetized. And it was frustrating because I would do all this work. I would play the game and cut it, edit it. And then I switched gears. I put up three videos, one, two, three. And I did this 10 days ago. And the video was, this is why Rachel Richardson, the Duke volleyball player, lied. Giselle breaks her silence about Tom Brady. And then is LeBron trying to get the franchise? Those three videos got me monetized. After two years. Two years of cutting, editing, thumbnailing, coloring. So the question was, should I throw on there what sticks and see what sticks? Or should I stay in a niche? Now, what is this channel now? Is this a sports channel? Or is it a video game channel? It's obviously a sports channel. Now, every video I have to do now has to be on this because that's what hit. The video game didn't hit because, look, the next day I posted a video game game, 144 views. So this is a lesson in YouTube. Now that, now that channel in three, wait, in less than 10 days qualify for monetization in which two years it didn't even get close. It didn't even get close. So I can throw on video games every now and then because I actually like the process. The process is relatively easy for me and I can get some enjoyment, make like 10 cents playing a video game. Okay. I'll share Nova's channel later, but I'm telling you that Nova channel potentially once, if I put my foot into it, that, that channel could get a million subs easily. 
because I'm watching video channels. They got 13 million subs with a dog. I'm like, shit. So I'll put up, I'll share Nova's channel when it's ready to launch, launch. But it's already up. It's ready to go. It's got the headliner. It's got all of that stuff. It's got one or two videos. And I will do that shit on the back stream. I won't advertise it or punch it. I will just let it grow on, on its own. So um, anyway, that's a lesson for you. What should you do? Put on there what you think you like. Experiment. And then when it hits, you can delete everything else. You can delete all the stuff that didn't work. I can go on this channel, the sports channel now, the gaming channel, delete all my games and just run sports stuff now because it's it's monetized. It's ready to go. Somebody says, why advertise it? Well, it's not ready to go. I didn't advertise it yet. I didn't say go check it out. I said, just wait. But that's my mindset because now I'm looking at it going, YouTube is a long-term game. It's not a short-term game. It's a long-term game. Um, and that channel could do, by the way, those channels do well for years. Like it does well for 10 years. 10 years later, people watching your videos still. As opposed to red pill content tends to be, and sports tends to be at that time. It's relevant right now. It's not relevant tomorrow. So if I talk about Tom Brady and Giselle divorcing, 10 years from now, nobody's going to watch it. But if I put up a puppy eating celery, a puppy eating celery, 10 years from now, it'll be relevant. (laughs) Somebody's going to say, I just bought a puppy. I want to see a puppy eating celery. Oh, there it is. So anyway, so you got to think about this. This is what I think about. This is what I obsess about. This is what I think about all the time. Um, Anyway, uh, let's see here. Shout out to everybody. I'm catching up. Flash says, he says, puppy eating celery, 50 million views. I swear to God, I'll be watching that. That's what I'm doing. I'll be watching stuff. I'm like, that got 20 million views? There's a woman. She don't even speak English. She speak English like this. She's like an Asian girl. She speaks like broken English, but she speaks so quiet. I can't really speak English, but I bought a couple of puppy snacks. And she buys the snack. She feeds the dog. She talks like one. She talks like 3% of the video. The rest is the dog. <laughs> 50 million views. I'm like, damn, what? <laughs> Flash, shout out to you. My phone blowing up right now. Henry Resilient says him stay put the, wait. Him say put the bread up or S the F up. Salute coach. ACDC coach, watch the money expire and knuckle draggers blow through it or for some knuckle draggers, their money is their expiring money won't be accepted at discretion. That's true. Too. Yeah. We talked about that. So even if you have the money, they'll say, we don't want your money. Speaking my mind, coach, check your break lines. He says, you speaking too many facts. All right. All my cards are in the garage. <laughs> Thank you, man. Eddie says blessing blessed to have this knowledge at 25. Thanks CGA. PayPal is frozen. This is another example. Carl J says, Coach, you are right. China has a social credit score. Yep. China has a social credit score. And we're going to have that too. Abel returns to Eden. Their solution is to eliminate elimination of ADOS through, is it miscegenation, which I believe is mating with each other, right? 
And he says, without ADOS, there's no need to pay a damn thing. So you're, I agree with that. I can see that for sure. So they start with that with black men and then they get black women to delete their babies, right? So eventually I've been saying this, the Kardashians are an example of this. They creating some sort of super racial, racially ambiguous children. They're using black men and European women to do that. And then also, if you look at some of the top stars other than football players, you look at Steph Curry, Michael Thompson. These people are some sort of beige, complected, light-skinned, multiracial, racially ambiguous people, right? That's the future. I, I think that's the future. I'm not telling you to do it. But over time, 20, 30, 40 years, it will be witnessed. You'll see it. Uh, they, and they tell you this statistically. This is why, like, the white supremacists, the white the white uh, liberators or whatever they are, they're staying in your race. It's too late. Uh, it's too late, guys. It's an open forum for most everybody, but it is what it is. Shout out to Michael. Oh, sorry. Mouse Bones. He says, the emotion in the community. This is a valuable information. Invaluable. I, I said invaluable. He says, shout out to the coach gang. Thank you, man. Here Resilience says, broke people don't want to put in the work. Hashtag lazy. Yep, uh, that's what it is. And shout out to Simon Small with the thank you. Thank you for supporting. I got to do PayPal, the other ones. So hang tight. PayPal is bugging. They already got me on the social credit score. Let me see. PayPal's got, uh, okay, SAU is in the building. Did I get, I did get Michael. He says, I made four YouTube channels, post on them all the time, consistently only two. And I got between all of them less than 10 subscribers, but like 40K views. It's interesting. So one thing you guys got to understand, you get paid on views on YouTube, not subscribers. Subscribers are great, but 50% of the people who watch you aren't even subscribers half the time. All right. Literally. So don't get pushed back. You can still get paid on views. But to get started, you need the thousand subscribers. I think you need the thousand. And then cash app. Shout out to Carl S says the game is free. Most don't want to put in the work and don't pray for miracles. Guys, if you think I've been, this has been by an accident. Um, my, what you would deem success. Okay. Uh, somebody said, check Venmo, but I did. And I think I got C dub. I got you already, bro. But this has not been an accident behind the scenes. I put in lots of work. Okay. Lots of work and time and thought. By the way, uh, Money Mindset Group, you guys know what I spend in terms of sub, um, studio equipment, what I spend in editors. I gave the number out on my Money Mindset Group, which meets on Sunday night on Patreon if you're interested in it. Um, we do this every week. I told you what the number is. Most of you guys were surprised at what I spend per month to keep my YouTube going. And most of the time, it's money out the window, meaning it doesn't turn immediately into money. It turns into money like five months later. But I take my money and invest it back, and I say, okay, I'm going to put it in this person's hand, make my life easier. Potentially, I'll grow from it. Like, there'll be some growth. I spend out money. And I ain't throwing it away. But what, what tends to happen is I bank on it as saying, okay, I'm going to hire this editor. I'm going to hire this videographer. I'm going to pay this person this amount of money, but I'm hoping I make it back. Most times I break even. 
I hired my editor to edit my live streams so that it's not so long for you to consume. Then we put it on a channel called Coach CGA Quick Hits, which got demonetized along with all the other channels. So now I have a new channel called CGA Shorts. So for everybody that wants to know why I keep making all these channels, well, my content is hard hitting. So I always have to chase it around. So now I have a channel called CGA Reacts, which I put now my edited live streams. I pay my live stream editor a certain amount of money per month. I don't think I've recouped any of that money back. I mean, I've gotten close and I was breaking even until the channel got demonetized. But now look, the first video I put up on the channel, other than these shorts, this video got 26K views yesterday, 26K. The next video got 417. So I'm constantly having to grow these things and invest and reinvest. But if I did it on my own, I would be working nonstop and I can't do it. So I have to have other people to help me, but then there has to be a benefit from it. I have to be able to recoup the money I spent out. Somebody says ego. See, that's what a lot of people think. Oh, you're doing this for ego. I had eight channels demonetized overnight. So then you show up and you see me doing this channel, this channel, this channel, and you think it's for attention, but it's to keep chasing, keep YouTube from keeping up. Right? It's keeping YouTube because YouTube eventually catches me or haters catch me and they figure out a way to throw a monkey wrench in it. So I got to stay alive. If I put everything on one channel and then YouTube goes boop. <laughs> now I'm done. And you can't do that. So a lot of people are thinking, whoa, whoa. Whoa, you doing this and your ego is this? Nope. This is content strategy. I'm not just doing this for fun. This is why I don't join panels. This is why I don't do collabs because that's wasting time. I don't have time to waste. I'm here to go. What's more efficient? Best use of my time, best use of my resources, best use of the platform, best use of my skill. This is not a game. And for you guys that think this is a game, this is why the manosphere is where it is. And this is why the manosphere will never be great. Because unfortunately, men think this is a game. Men think this is a pissing contest. Men think this is a chest dumping contest. When what it is is, what it is is a man trying to help you out, and we need the help to keep the message going. Right? Because I'm taking a massive risk. My name is on the line. My face is on the line. I'm never going back to corporate America. Many gyms would probably never hire me again, but you think this is a game. Okay. I put my neck out on the line in my face, my family, my image, my representation. I put that on the line every day, but you guys think this is a game. Right? You think this is a game. You think this is a piss competition. You think this is a masculinity competition. I ain't never going back to corporate America because all they got to do is pull up my damn live streams and pull up my podcast, and that's it. If I got to get a job at 24-hour fitness and fitness, it is done. I'm not going back to that. So what do I have to do? I have to find a way to survive. So while you think this is a game and you think this is about ego, this is a business to me because it's a livelihood. Not only that, it should be a livelihood because a lot of other people are making money doing it. Why should I do it for free? 
And then when people switch up on you and I say, fuck it, I'll do my dog channel. Then everybody's over here going, oh, he switched up and he got soft and all of that. Okay, well, y'all thought this was a game. I'm going to show you it's a business. Okay, it is what it is. And you can like it or don't like it, but it is what it is. I tell you the I tell you what it is. is I tell you what's real. But you guys want to do all of this bullshit and 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 talk about grifting and talk about uh, what, what are you doing? Taking down and reporting people's content because there's YouTube beef. This is why I don't engage in YouTube beef. There's no money in it. Until until y'all put up fifteen million dollars to get me to go in the ring with any of these other people, I don't care about them. And I'm not gonna make videos about me and all of that shit because it ain't part of the business. It's a bad business model. Red pillars don't make money, and they don't make money in beef. <laughs> Period, point blank. But I'm giving y'all too much information and too much love, and um, it is what it is. Uh, shout out to the coach gang. I appreciate y'all for uh, staying in here for that long. Let me clear the queue, make sure I got everybody who contributed to today's show. Uh-huh, uh-huh. But a lot of these other content creators that want to call me a grifter, they don't even go by their real name. They don't even go by their real name. So they got some damn nerve, all right? At the end of the day, they got their own, you know what I mean? And they already old as F, so it don't matter. All right, shout out to Loud Pockets Coach. This Frenchie chick is giving me the signals. She wants to get got. I'm going in. All right, use her as, wish, as you wish. Okay, uh, shout out to the Coach Gang. We out of here, brothers. Enjoy the rest of your day. Go get some money or make a life for yourself and realize that people are doing what they got to do out in this world. All right. Peace.